What's going on everybody? Drone out here with you. It's a Monday night, December 11, 2023. How's everybody doing out there today? I'm expected to be joined by Cooper Hopkins. Should be a good matchup between the Calgary Flames and the Colorado Avalanche. So we're going to get both of the uh, national anthems here for the Canadian side and the Star Spangled Banner on the American side, but let's get into the rosters here. So for the Calgary Flames, 11-13-3, they are fifth in the Pacific, head coached by Ryan Huska. That sounds like this. Elias Lindholm, Connor Zeri, and Igor Sharankovich with Mackenzie Wigger and Rasmus Anderson. Nazem Kadri, Andrew Madrapani, Martin Pospisil with Noah Hannafin and Christopher Tanev, Michael Backlund, Jonathan Uberdahl, and Blake Coleman. Adam Brzezicka, A.J. Greer, and Dylan Dubé with Ilya Sovolov and Dennis Gilbert. So the lineup's going to sound a little bit different. And Dan Vladar is going to be in net for the Flames today. And for the Colorado Avalanche, it sounds like this. Nathan McKinnon, Val Lachuska, Miko Rantanen with Devin Tays and Kel McCarr. Ryan Johansson, Jonathan Duran, Tomas Tatar with Bowen Byram and Josh Manson. Ross Colton, Miles Wood, Logan O'Connor. Freddie Olofsson, Andrew Cogliano, and Joel Kirivanta, although he might have an injury designation, so that might move Curtis McDermott up. Jack Johnson and Sam Malinsky will be the back-end defensive side with Alexander Gergiev in goal for the Avalanche. So these are two teams right now that are going in opposite directions of what they would like. And let me go ahead and get into that portion of it as we're going through the National Anthems. So for the Colorado Avalanche, they're just 1-3-2 in the last six games. Their only win was against the Anaheim Ducks 3-2. They've lost an OT or a shootout to also Arizona and Anaheim, and then losses in regulation against L.A. 4-1, 4-2 against Winnipeg, and 5-2 against Philadelphia. They've been outscored 14-23 in that span. Is it the second type of skid this year, but is it a blip or is it a trend? That's what we're going to have to find out tonight. And on the other side for the Calgary Flames... Since the comeback victory over the Carolina Hurricanes, they're 1-3 since we last covered them on Dallas and OT when they were able to get that win. Losses to Vancouver, Minnesota, and New Jersey, but a comeback win against Carolina down 2-0. The upcoming schedule for the Calgary Flames is brutal. And when Cooper Hopkins gets in here, we'll talk more about that. But they're still just three points out of a wildcard spot. Sounds like a lot of familiar narratives that we talked about over the last couple seasons. But there are some problems that have arised in the Pacific Division. Seattle's lost eight in a row, but Edmonton, the blood rival of the Calgary Flames, has won seven in a row. So we will see what gives tonight. It'll be Dan, <coughs> Dan Vladar and Alexander Gurgiev in net. Dan Vladar, 4-3-1, and one, 345 goals against with an 877 save percentage. Gurgiev, 14-7-1 with a 286-900 save percentage and one shutout. So, once we get into it, we will drop the puck, and I'll get back into the play-by-play. -play. So, Rick Ball has said on the Calgary broadcast on the side of it, there's been a stomach bug going through the locker room with the Calgary Flames, so they've done some lineup adjusting on that side. So we'll see how all of that works out. Again, Nazem Kadri is still playing with Martin Pospisil on the second line, but Connor Zeri is on the top line with Igor Sharankovich, so we'll have to see how this works out. This is dumped in. And now we are underway at Ball Arena, and we'll see what happens here between Calgary and Colorado. Tanev gets absolutely rocked, and we're going to get a penalty call to start this game. And I think we're also going to get Noah Hannafin taking a look at a couple of the Colorado Avalanche. So again, we always talk about some fireworks potentially between these two teams. Chris Tanev is immediately going to the dressing room. Not a good sign there for the Calgary Flames, one of the 
most hardest working defenseman that there is. But man, oh man, Ross Colton steamrolled Chris Tanner to start this game. And the left side boards as his face hit the glass. He was just off of 1,500 block shots. That is a big time brutal hit. And I hope that Chris Tanev is okay on that side. He is skating underneath his own power, but he went right to the dressing room as this game really got underway. 19.45 left to go in the first. And I will make sure I pull up the ESPN box scores just to see if there is going to be any power plays. Right now I see Noah Hannafin in the box for the retaliation against Tanev, but is that all we're going to get? We should be getting offsetting at least. So Noah Hannafin and Ross Colton. Looks like it's going to be offsetting here. Minors to both on the Chris Tanev hit. And Rasmus Anderson's got to be played in the case of referee. And so is Ryan Huska. I mean, my goodness. They look mild-mannered right now. But we'll see how this continues as this game goes along. But just 15 seconds into the game, Chris Tanev, who knows how long he's going to be gone. That'll be something that we have to talk about on this game going forward. So Hannafin immediately was getting Colton in a headlock and throwing some punches there. So you saw that was going to be the penalty and Colton was called for the minor as well. So the Avalanche, we'll see what they will do. Again, we know that Chris Tanev now just 15 seconds into the game is gone. And we'll see if he does return as this is picked up off the backhand and the Avalanche will settle it back down as this is picked up now. Drouin will move this across, get the pass here for Kale McCarr. McCarr, right in the middle for Nathan McKinnon. Here's a fluttering pass to the move, Smiko Rantanen. And they'll just backhand this one near the left side red line. Now the avalanche, working behind the cage of Dan Vladar. Sit it up here for McCarr. McCarr stretch pass for McKinnon near the left side. Dot McKinnon surveys and shoots. This goes off of Anderson. Maybe a piece of Vladar as well. And Rasmus will get this one down the ice. So right now, they had Colton in the box, but the only thing they must have taken him out and just given Noah Hannafin in there. So it's just a penalty against the Flames. That's not really a start that I would have expected, as it's Val Nachuskin. Here for Nathan McKinnon, and full flight down the right wing, gets through three Flames, and now this is not kept in at the blue line. They were in the midst of some changes with the Cerulean and Maroon, and they will start again. This will be an opportunity here for Kale. Send it across for Valen in the left side wing. And his forehand, put this in behind the net. And now the moose, and off the backhand now for McKinnon. Now McCarr, McCarr will send this across. It'll be a shot that gets deflected near the right side glass and retrieved by Rantanen. As they'll continue to move this around. Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen with a shot! And this is blocked in between a bunch of traffic and sent back down. At least I thought it was, but it bounced off a couple of avalanche. It stays in the zone. And now the flames will chop this in across the blue. And be able to gain the entry here is Devin Taze. He'll slow up. He'll make the sauce pass near the right side. Dot. Flames. Try to jab at this thing with Rasmus Anderson. Good work by Rasmus. This will just flutter it all the way down the ice. And Colorado's power play could essentially be killed by the time Gurgiev will touch us and they get in the zone. Colorado. Near the right side in their own boards. Will half spin. Now gain a full entry now. Great move. Here for the Avalanches. It's spun by Cogliano. Picked up now by Devin Taze in the high slot. The shot from Colton is blocked. Devin Taze near the left side dot. It's Ross Colton with a one-timer. This one gets saved. Tomas Tatar can't get there, but this is kept in by Bowen Byram. Colorado in 
Jared Bednar's squad, but in the midst of full-sale line changes here as Mackenzie Weger gets it down for Rasmus Anderson. Anderson will watch this one get hit off the kick plate. And now picked up off the blue line side, intercepted by the Flames. Poss Pistols out there as well as a one-timer from the blue line. Poss Pistol is providing a screen out in front. Behind the cage, it's Nazem Kadri. Turnaround shot goes off the side of the net. As Colorado tries to get this one out. This will be chipped. Picked up now, Olofsson. Here's a stretch pass off the rush. And a good save for Dan Vladar. His first of the game there. So good start to this game right now. And it looks like the Calgary Flames have killed the first penalty. I thought it was going to be offsetting four on four. And now they're showing Ross Colton on the hit against Hughes. And again, Colton has been given some of those big ones there. On that side for Tanev, you can argue, is it clean, is it dirty on that side? He didn't really brace on the side of the head. But a couple hits there for Ross Colton, playing with a mean streak. 413 hits in 217 games. Not the biggest guy either, as this is... Picked up by Rasmus Anderson. We'll see what the Flames do. Down one defenseman trying to reach for it was Connor Zeri, but it's iced. And Calgary can't make any changes here. So I appreciate you joining me right now in between this YouTube side and the Twitter spaces that John ran on. If you always want clear audio, you can go on the Twitter spaces side. I'll be here today and I'll be here tomorrow. Most likely tomorrow will be the Maple Leafs and the Rangers. Alec Nava did cover the Maple Leafs and the Islanders. I will cover them off the back-to-back -back tomorrow against the Rangers. This is won by McKinnon, but it's sent all the way back down. It'll look as a clear and it'll work out for the Flames. Now Devin Tays. He's got this in behind the cage, Gurdiev, and he will really survey and take his time. Here's a nice entry here for Nathan McKinnon. Nice stutter step. Throw the right side dot. As this is recollected, Nico Rantanen gets thefted away. And now the Flames with Connor Zeri will flip this one down the ice. Elias Linnell will try to pin against the glass. And Igor Sharankovich out there as well. So Zeri and Sharankovich are on the first line now. What a bit of a promotion there. Elias Linnell tries to bank it around the glass. We'll see if it'll work out. Kenzie Wigger, this one goes wide. As this is played in off the backhand now. Avalanche try to get it out of their own and it gets blocked by Gilbert. But Bowen Byron picks it up and across the red. They'll make a backhanded pass and through a couple of skates was Miko Rantanen. He might turn and find this thing. They can't dispossess him of the puck right now. Rantanen for Nathan McKinnon. Good work there for Dennis Gilbert just trying to get in his way. But McKinnon will send this one back. Kind of partially fanned on. And this is not offsides. This will stay in the offensive end of the Flames. And now the Flames off to work their way left to right in their other side. As this is bounced in off the boards, it'll fall right back to Gurkiev. Luckily for the Avalanche, only the Avalanche were there to pick it up. 15-26 left to go in the first. It's three shots on goal to one in favor of the Avs right now. But again, if you're just joining me on that side, 15 seconds into the contest... Chris Tanev left from a Ross Colton hit right in the left side boards. His face hit the glass and did not return yet, even though this game has just started. But we'll keep you updated on that side. 15-26 left to go in the first. It's Backlund against Ross Colton. And the Calgary captaincy will win near the right side boards, but it gets thefted by Colton. Colton now try to get this one to Miles Wood as it bounced off the backside of Rasmus Anderson. He'll flip it in. Gurgia will take a look. He's at the stand up near the left side post. Good keep in by the Flames. And a good quick shot right in the glove from Coleman Gurgiev. Gurgiev will hold on and make the save 
15.07 left to go in the first frame. Shots on goal are now 3-2. So, regardless of what happens here in the first intermission, I will give you a little bit of an update of what's been going on across the NHL. If it's just me, if Cooper Hopkins can't join on that side. But nonetheless, I got some topics playing. I got some things for us to discuss. If he does jump in, that'll be great. I'll have him pick in between the second or third or whatever he wants to take. But I'm glad to bring this game to you nonetheless. I wouldn't miss it. Nazem Kadri gets kicked out of the draw, so Pospis will have to slide in here. Try to bounce this off a couple skates, and this will go right back to the backboards, where Colorado will play this now, and across the red line. Good interception by Calgary into the neutral zone as it's Nazem Kadri. Kadri now off the backhand, trying to gain the entry. He'll just shovel it near the right side boards. He's just trying to get around Manson now. He does! He finds the angle! Palm over to the net for Zeri! On that side and pass pistol, we'll see if anything gets called there. 14.46 left to go in the first. Great work there for Nazem Kadri. Almost forced a chance in between three avalanche off the stick lefty. Got a piece of Manson there. And pass pistol drove the net, but Gurgiev was there. He just found his spot right in the middle of the crease and he closed the five hole down. So Poss Pistol was a healthy scratch in two of the last three games. It certainly seems to have some motivation here. Nazem Kadri wins it clean. This is near the right side boards. Majapani, take a look. He can't get there. And trying to just dispossess the avalanche of the puck right now are the Flames. As this will be picked up, Poss Pistol can't find it. Now the avalanche can quickly try to push the other way. It's four on three. Cogliano slows up, shoots. And this one goes by the left pad of Ladar. Kadri can't get it out. Here's another chance. This goes at the stick of Ladar. As it's Devin Tays and the high slot picked up now for Myers near the right side dot looking for a cross pass. Colorado had something cooking there, but Cagliano all the way back on the defensive side. He'll go ahead and take his change as this is flipped in by Tays. Sharon Kovich now has this in behind the cage. Noah Hannafin, number 55, will spin this one left to right. Sharon Kovich, full flight. He's being held near the left side boards to try to find the entry, but Colorado closed him off. Nathan McKinnon, number 29, for Miko Rantanen. Here's a pass right in the slot. A great block for Connor Zeri. Just to get a piece of it there, Dan Vladar would have been in trouble. But that's all for naught there for Colorado. We'll take a break. 13-48 in the first, we're scoreless. So face-off win by the Avalanche in the offensive end. It's Devin Tays here for Kel McCarr. Near the backhand, this will be blocked out in front by the Flames, but it's not cleared as it's Miko Rantanen trying to leave this alive for Devin Tays in the high slot. Here's a big shot off the wrister, and this will be deflected by Nachewski and picked up by the Flames now as Noah Hannafin will make a stretch pass. I think the Flames were offside with Elias Leno, but they'll check back up now. 13-15 left to go in this first. It's six shots to three in favor of the Avalanche, but we are scoreless. Devin Tays will make his long outstretch pass. Try to find Val there, but this one will Kick right back to him. A little bit of a soft pass there for Bowen Byram, and this will be easily intercepted as the Flames get this near the right side. Doc Coleman off the drop. Slap shot gets blocked, and the high slot. There's all sorts of traffic. Now we got a break. It's Nathan McKinnon. Shoots. Stop by Vladar. Man, oh man, Nathan McKinnon showing the wheels. But Dan Vladar was right there. And Sovolov was the one that lost it. It's the first time for me to look at him on the third line pairing defenseman. He flubbed on a wrist shot, and Nathan McKinnon was pretty much gone. But Dan Vladar with a humongous save right there off a potential break, and it keeps the game leveled at nothing. 
So Nathan McKinnon on an 11-game point streak, 5 goals and 12 assists. He is the point leader right now for the Abs. It was Kale McCarr for the longest time, as this is one by Val Nachuskin. Here's a slap shot by Logan O'Connor. This one goes wide, but it just missed the left post. Bowen Byram will spin this one around now as Miles Wood has it. Here's a slap shot right in the slot for Colton. This one gets blocked. Avalanche starting to look very dangerous here as Bowen Byram. This shot will get blocked. Miles Wood will send it back around again. Kept in near the right side board. going to be careful not to trip anybody here. Mackenzie Weger has it in the left side. He'll flip it ahead. As this on sides, Huberdo was dancing, trying to make something happen, but it was just off sides there. And we'll get a stoppage. That was a good flip by Mackenzie Weger. Almost broke one of the flames. Right on side, right in on goal. Just jumped the line a little bit too quickly, but again, that was from 150 feet there, and that was a heck of a lot closer than you think it probably should have been. As that was almost played out of the air by Huberto, nonetheless. Six shots to three still, with 12.15 left to go, and the first was scoreless here at Ball Arena. John Under with him, the play-by-play. -play. I'll be with you tomorrow and Thursday on that side before the Waterford Sharks assignment against the Gaylord Snow. So be an offensive zone draw win for Ross Colton. Johnson, watch this one go in between the legs as Myers will send this back around to the right side boards. Tomas Tatar looking as this is picked up now off the forehand. I'll get Cooper in here in a second as this is flipped in now across the left side red line and sent back down the ice. Flames trying to make something happen here, but this is turned over. Ross Colton's got it. Colton and Dan Vladar. We'll go ahead and play this one now. Noah Hannafin. Here's his sauce pass. This will work right in through the middle of the Avalanche logo. Now near the right wing side. Good hit. Near the right side boards for Johnson. Took out one of the flames. Just kept in for Mackenzie Weger. Here's a floating puck. And this one gets saved by Girgiev. Now the Avalanche look to push. It's one on two. Miles Wood loses the puck. And now the flames will find it in their own end. Trying to go left to right here. And they rode whites and red. As this is intercepted, Nathan McKinnon, wrong guy to get it to, cross pass one-timer. And this one goes near the left side, Don, as this is picked up now for the Flames. Trying to get this one out, number 29's got it. They'll send it back to Kale McCarr. Kale, he'll start her step, I'll leave it back here for Devin Taze. Taze, trying to get around a couple stick lifts, he'll fire it in. Damn Ladar, going to take no chances, he'll glove it. What's going on, my friend? Well, John, it's the... So mm -hmm. I'll save it the long story, but thank you for handling duties solo uh, to get this game started between the Avs and the Flames. Uh, and it's been an interesting game so far. I have caught up uh, and been able to see some of what's been going on. And, uh, these teams can get a little chippy when they meet, and uh, there's been some physicality to start early, hasn't there been? Yes, there has. Uh, Chris Tanev, he left the locker room 15 seconds to go in this game from a hit from Ross Colton. We're still waiting to see if he's going to return. So hopefully we can get an update on that as this is picked up now for Devin Taze near the right side boards. And Kale will go ahead and spin, leave it back for Devin Taze. Maybe we're going full speed in his own end as Colorado's still looking to get started here. Velnachuskin make the entry. A couple stick lifts here for Calgary. So we'll try to brush this one back away from the defensive side and push left to right. Elias Lindholm now into the center zone. He's in full flight. Shot off the rebound and this is... Catch baseball style by Gergiev. Yeah, John, so, you know, on, on the fan side of things for me, maybe catch me up a little bit. It looks like this has been um, 
a game that has been a little choppy and not a lot of flow in the offense. But Dan Ladar has made a few big saves. He, of course, in net tonight after Dustin Wolf, the youngster, uh, suffered a loss just a couple of nights ago. But uh, Ladar, from what I've seen in the limited time that I've been watching the broadcast, has looked good so far. And uh, so the uh, so is Gergiev on the other end for the Avalanche. Yes, he has. And Ladar's biggest save was Sovolov, the new defenseman that I'm not aware of on the third line side for Calgary. He uh, left on a wrist shot and kind of missed it there. McKinnon had a breakaway, and Ladar stopped him. Backlund has this now off his backhand. He'll get this one in the high slot and deeper. Slap shot, and this one goes wide there from Rasmus Anderson. Weger pinching in, trying to get this puck as Backlund as well. And this will go to the neutral zone now, but good work by the Flames. Weger has to spin. He'll kiss it off the glass. Good chip pass by Backlund. It's Coleman. We'll try to flutter this one toward the left side boards, but now will be an opportunity here for Myers. Myers in full flight off the drop, trying to give this one to Cogliano. Still got the Jets. Cogliano, send it back to D. Here's a big-time ripper of a bomb, and this one goes near the left side red line now. Picked up off the backhand and sent down. It's Michael Backlund. Here's a good cross pass. Pospis will try to find it as well, but this will go to Johnson. And the defensive end of the avalanche, 925. Left to go in this scoreless first as this is recollected for the Flames. Right into the backhand side, pick it up in the neutral zone. Rasmus Anderson throws it in across the red line. Girgiev will chip it, but he chips it right to the Flames in behind the cage. Picked up off the forehand, Majapani sends it back to D. Another shot gets deflected. This one goes wide. See if the Flames can hold this in here, the left side red line. Nazim Kadri spin and turn. He can't locate it. Majapani providing some efforts on the forecheck. It's an opportunity for Miles Wood as he takes a hit from Majapani. It's a race for the puck. Good work for Pospisil. Falls down. Gets a piece of it with the stick, though. And now the Avalanche will try to find it. The Cerulean and Maroon. They're pinned in their own end as this is flipped along from Johnson. And down here for Noah Hannafin. Hannafin now gets it off his backhand, trying to just get around the net of Dan Vladar and start again. Nice spin and turn as the Avs will look to find an entry. Igor Shankovich, he's been promoted in the first line with Connor Zeri. As is sent down now for the Moose, Miko Ranton in full flight. Nathan McKinnon, right wing, look out, half spin. He'll drop it back, good interception there for the Flames. Can they do something here? Two on one, cross pass, trying to find Lindholm. He's got a spin. Somebody gets hit in the face for the Avalanche, but the play's still alive. And now we finally get a whistle. Yep, yep, there it is, John. Looks like it's going to be a penalty coming up, and that could be a, a serious cut on the face and actually didn't get a number there on the avalanche uh, defenders with the flames on a two-on-one there and kind of a classic calgary style that really have everything everything in order what do you see in there john on your side aj greer trying to spin and turn and shoot he ripped lifted it up with the stick and hit Devin Taze right in the face yeah i've seen that as well now i think i'm just a couple seconds behind you on the feed but yeah that uh that's going to be potentially stitches there for Taves, and of course no intent whatsoever. Greer just trying to fire a wrister, and presume uh, he was going to go high toward the top shelf on that one, but uh, this has been uh, an interesting theme in the game so far. A lot of whiffed shots for the Flames that have resulted in some negative plays. Uh, of course, you mentioned the breakaway for McKinnon, and now Taves takes a stick blade to the face after a, a whiff on a shot, so Calgary just uh, struggling with some of the basics right now. It looks like the Avalanche could be down a man due to injury, and the Flames should certainly be down a man when we come back from the break after a high sticking call here. 
Yeah, so it's been a little bit of an auspicious start, but again, between these two teams, they always seem to bring a little bit of a thunder, so we'll continue to see what we will get. The good news is it's still scoreless for 8.06 left to go in the first. Yeah, and you know, there's plenty to talk about. I'm sure we'll get into it uh, as this game continues. And again, thank you for uh, picking up the slack and uh, leading the coverage uh, on your own uh, up to this point. But, you know, this is a team in the Calgary Flames that uh, is, is at something of a crossroads, and we've seen them coming to this point over the really the last couple of seasons, and especially since the departures of Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk. Uh, I think that a lot of folks and a lot of fans felt you know, this is a different team, different look, different feel of the roster. And, uh, you know, have you gotten what you expected out of Jonathan Huberdeau and uh, Nassim Kadri and some of the other additions? Uh, that is still to be seen. But in the standings, the Flames uh, are faltering. They're below 500. They watch their provincial rivals, the Oilers, really make a move here. And uh, there's lots to talk about in the standings and in the future for this team. Yeah, we definitely will hit some of that in the first intermission. I have some thoughts of my own in regards to my own team. There was a lot of stuff going on between the Senators this weekend. I will get into some of those comments as well. As this is recollected now off the forehand, Colorado trying to locate it. I'm not seeing any penalties on the screen right now, which I'm very surprised of because Devin Tays definitely got hit. But if it was inadvertent off the shot, I guess that's what they're going to deem it as. As... Miles Wood now with Tomas Tatar trying to find this one. Jonathan Drouin as well. He will locate it, but Connor Zeri will go ahead and pin this near the left side boards and keep it clean. Erasmus Anderson here. Zeri on the first line. Again, we were very impressed with him in the game against the Dallas Stars. A couple of the silky mitts and moves that he had, so no surprise for the promotion there for Zeri. Near the right side, still trying to work this loose. And now this is spun away from Manson, but the Flames right in on the forecheck. They're just near the left side of this glass, and Colorado can't get it out. They'll take the long flip now. This will be recollected for the Flames, and they'll start again with Mackenzie Weger. Weger with the stretch pass. Get this near the right side. Dodd take a long shot. This one will bounce up in the air out of play. 6.55 left in the first. Yeah, John, I have to agree with you. I'm a little surprised there wasn't a penalty there, but uh, I guess that, that was in the course of play, and... Devin Tape's face just happened to be in the path of uh, an attempted shot. So a little bit of misfortune there for the, uh, the stalwart man for the Colorado Avalanche. And hopefully he's not too worse for wear here. But uh, and, you know, I'm still interested, and we will talk about this as well, in the Chris Tanev situation for the Flames. He is certainly one of the, the beating hearts of that blue line for this team, and uh, his loss is a major one. This, as you said, the 1,500 shot blocks on that side, definitely losing that. Devin Tays near the right side. He tries to keep this off his forehand, and this will work in the high slot. Kale McCarr holds the blue line. Now near the left dot, it's Nathan McKinnon. Back to Kale. Near the right side dot, looking for a deflection. And this is picked up by the Flames now. They'll backhand this. Blake Coleman trying to get it out. As the camera will cut, it'll go back to Kale. Kale will look to start again, and the Avalanche on in almost intercepted nicely there for Blake Coleman. He's been in the right spot. Coleman will get it now. Is he going to make something happen here? Oh, scores! Coleman from country! What a play! That's a beautiful moment right there, boy. We just mentioned Nazem Kadri's name uh, in a questionable sense. Guess what? He gets himself going and his team going early here in this game. Just a fifth shot for the Flames. They've got the first goal of this contest with 6.14 to go in the first. And, boy, Blake Coleman, he's playing in front of his parents tonight. A little yeah. extra motivation, a little, uh, 
Well, talk about beating hearts. Well, he's got his parents here. His heart is beating fast enough right there to find a nice backhand sauce pass to his teammate, Kadri, who finishes. No question about it. Kadri scores against his former squad. It's one nothing Calgary. I love it there. And Kadri will get all the credit for the goal as you should. But Blake Coleman is puck hawking a little bit there. And he's able to get a steal and catch Colorado flat-footed. It'll fall back to Dan Bladar to hold on to it. But that's got to feel good for Blake Coleman, Cooper. Yeah, 100%. And that's the kind of uh, individual effort in a game like the one we've been seeing so far that's been a little choppy for the Flames, right? Not a ton of flow. And, John, we've talked about this, uh, unfortunately, far too often when it comes to Calgary. Not a lot of offensive zone time, right? Not really setting up and being able to run your offense uh, in front of your uh, opposing goaltender. But right there, Blake Coleman just being a great pro. He's been out on the ice. He's been a winner at the highest level. He found the puck, makes a play on his own, and he finds a teammate. It's one nothing. His 10th assist, I mean, Blake Coleman's had a pretty good year so far. This bounces dangerously in front of Dan Bladar. Noah Hannafin had to find it, and now the Flames, right back, they're able to get that steal. At least they kept it clean there. Rasmus Anderson near the right side. I'll go for a wrister. This goes up the right glove of Georgiev. Picked up by Nazem Kadri. He's back out there in a tip Ooh, for Andrew Majapani, but that one goes wide. It's Colorado. We'll recollect it in their own end, Bowen Byram. Trying to turn on the Jets and get to this puck as it's sent all the way back down. Dan Vladar will stop it near the trapezoid. And now the Flames try to take this left to right here. They just scored with Nazem Kadri again, the former Colorado Ab that won the Stanley Cup. Here's a chance now off a sauce pass and recollected here for the Flames as they try to work this in behind the cage. It's Majapani, Adam Ruzichka, but the pass a little bit too long for him. And now Colorado, outstretched pass, and it's a good one. Two on one. Couple diving flames, and the shot goes wide for Nachewskin. How? As this goes near the right side boards. And this is recollected by the flames, and Dan Vladar will glove it down. That was a crazy sequence. Yeah, that was a crazy sequence right there. And uh, looks like one of the flames has doubled over in some pain. I'm seeing uh, that is uh, Sol Solovyov, and he is... Uh, he is heading slowly to the bench, so we hit the media timeout, and boy, uh, folks get nicked up on both sides, both rosters, uh, not coming out of this thing clean, and we're only in the first period, John. Yeah, it's been uh, a little bit crazy as far as everything that's happened right now, but um, we'll take it, as the Flames have a one-goal lead. How are you doing, my friend? I do pretty well. Uh, it's one of those things where you feel yourself getting a little bit older. I, uh, I had a sort of a long day today. My, the, uh, the lower back is uh, is acting up right now. I've oh, man. I've been in a little bit of pain, so if I sound, my voice sounds a little raspy, if I sound a little uh, out of sorts, that is the source. I'm here uh, on the couch enjoying a hockey game, just trying to let the Advil kick in, my friend. Oh, <laughs> it's good. Uh, just one of those days, but hey, at least the, the voice box still works, and I, uh, I'm here to, to call this thing alongside you. I hope you're doing well. I am, my friend. And again, if there's anything that gets too much on that side, don't feel like you have to. But I do appreciate you being here on this side. Again, uh, I'm just getting back into the NHL coverage because Alec and I covered the uh, NBA in-season tournament. That actually was a little bit more fun than I was expecting. I was a little bit unsure about the crazy colored courts and whether or not some teams would take it seriously. But I felt like that's been a success for the NBA. I kind of wonder if the NHL might follow suit at some point. 
Yeah, it's, I think you make a great point, and, and uh, I was able to catch a very limited amount of that in-season tournament, but boy, everything that I've seen in terms of coverage on the national level is that it's uh, been a success, and so, you know, tip of the cap to David Silver and, uh, and the NBA, and you, know, you wonder what's going to happen with these uh, NHL players and their desire to play in uh, international tournaments, and namely the Olympics, yeah. and if that does not come to pass, you know, I'm sure that's still their goal for most of these players. If for some reason that doesn't work out, you got to think there's a potential uh, template there that's shown by the NBA to do something special during the regular season. Well, I would agree with you. And they're showing again the on-ice time for defense as this one goes wide. Again, Tanev is only 15 seconds. We hope that we can see him back up here. It's Miko Rantanen. Kale McCarr, nice move near the left side dot. He'll drop this one back for Miko. Starting in for Nathan McKinnon. He'll try to toe-drag his way in the middle of the slot. Here's a slapper from Rantanen. And we get a whistle. We might be getting a penalty call. Yeah, I think we are in this shift more than any other, John. It looks like the Avalanche were really moving there. I'm not sure uh, who said what to whom, but uh, they were on their game right there, and they were controlling play in the ozone right there. And guess who was at the center of it all? It was McKinnon, and it does look like Backlund gets tied up with number 29 in the Cerulean and Maroon. Oh, good, almost a knee-to-knee play in there, yeah. a little unintentional. But Backlund is going to go uh, for tripping at 15.35 of the period, first period. And how many times have we said Nathan McKinnon drive and play? You have the trifecta for Ranton and McCarr McKinnon. I mean, it's as dangerous as you could possibly be, and they're all on the same line. And now you have a chance on the power plays. It's Kale McCarr from Gurgia. Kale, forehand, sweet move, full speed now to the right wing side. And he'll put this in behind the cage. Alan Shuskin was looking. He'll find an interception, try to play a back pass for number 29. Send it across for Ranton now. Rantanen waiting near the right side dot. Leave it here for Kale. Kale on the high slot looking for a wrist or deflection. Valachuskin is the one that's usually right in front of the office there to provide a screen. And Calgary will send it down. Gergiev will stick it. And this will be recollected here. This time it's Jonathan Drouin. As Drouin will make the drop pass and leave it here for Nathan McKinnon. Again, the Jets are always on for those players. Nathan McKinnon. Here's a stretch pass near the right side dot. Colorado still patient. They're waiting for some lanes. Miko Rantanen will send it back here for a Taze. And now Nathan McKinnon back to Taze. Here's the bomb, but he flopped on it. Now Calgary could kill some time here. Might be able to get something off a rush. It's Majapani right in the middle of the slot. He'll shoot. This one will get blocked, but at least it'll kill some time for the power play. And the kill, at least, for Calgary. As it's Velmachuskin near the left side wing. Good closeout hit for Ruzichka. As this is recollected for Miko Rantanen, sent around the end boards now. Valmachuskin will wrap it around. Miko Rantanen, Valmachuskin, and Johansson. They'll go ahead and play catch as this is behind the cage. Noah Hannafin try to flip it out. He can't get it though. This is near the blue line. Devin Taylor holds it in. Here's a wrist shot. This one gets blocked by the Flames. Again, Chris Tanev's not out there, but everybody else can still block it. They're going to need to. Good stick lift, but they can't get it out again. It's near the left side. Down McKinnon slows up. Oh, it's right in front, and what a stop by Vladar! This is picked up by McKinnon. McKinnon in the right down, here's a pass. Shot gets blocked in the air, turnaround shot for Miko Rantanen. What is going on right now? This is almost cleared down the ice, and now it is. As Colorado survives it, but Dan Vladar makes a huge save. 2.15 left to go in the first as they use the wall. Colorado, here they come again. Tomas Tatar near the left side board. So we'll put it in behind the cage near the left side red line. Intercepted Nazem Kadri. Colorado one more time keeps it in. 
They are looking really close to scoring here. Calgary's got to be careful. This is in behind the cage now. As this is picked up, Nazem Kadri take a stick swipe at it. Colorado, what a pass behind the net! And it was only a matter of time! Tomas Tatar gets his first! John, you said it right there. Just an incredible sequence. The Colorado Avalanche, it wasn't if they're going to score, it's when. And Dan Vladar did everything that he could possibly do to keep this a one nothing lead for his team. But the Avalanche simply would not be denied. What a pass right there. The stick handling, that's why you're in the big leagues. That is some beautiful work behind the net right there. The vision and the finish with the silky mitts, that is how the Avalanche have done it for years, John. And we just saw it right there. It's tied at one. Wow. That was a showcased shift and a showcase type of goal. And this game is tied at one. You always talk about why Cooper and I want to go ahead and walk into these games and bring these to you. That's the skill that we're able to see on the ice. Pospisil now. Try to put this the other way. All of a sudden, Colorado is just all over this puck right now. And Calgary needs to make sure they keep this tie. They lose it right in front of the high slot. Here's a chance and Vladar holds on. Yep, John. What else can we say? It is all Colorado right now. And uh, the Flames get their goal uh, off of a, a, a harder moment. A Blake Coleman extra effort play, and he finds Kadri. But boy, right there, the Avalanche show you their team game, and they are buzzing right now. Tatar, that was his first of the season. Uh, former Red Wing right there puts one in the back of the net. Yeah, it's hard to believe just number one for him because for New Jersey, he was the leader for plus minus last year. He was a pivotal part of that team, and now he's a member of the Colorado Avalanche as he gets his first as this is picked up off the back end for Zeri. and see what the Flames can do. Igor Sharankovich, here's a nice play in front of the net, but this is closed five-hole by Gyrgyev. And now Nachuskin gets this in between his legs and he'll pick it right back up. Oh, will spin around across the red line. They can't dispossess him of the puck right now. Nico Rantanen might find it. And now trying to get a direct pass right down the middle, but this is picked off. Nathan McKinnon almost went through two Flames right there as it's an opportunity for Calgary. Off a long outstretch. And across the red line now, we'll try to fire it in, but it's intercepted by Rantanen. Rantanen now. Cogliano under the left side boards. This has been a great end of the period for the Avalanche. They've just tied it. Now they lay it on the shot board, 16 to 8. Nazem Kadri off the flip and across the blue and dispossessed. There's the Flames as Freddie Olofsson tries to dump this in. Played by Gilbert. Now Weger. A little bit of a mix of the lines. Good pressure there for the Avalanche, but the Flames were right there. As it's Nazem Kadri, 22 seconds left to go on the first. Here's a good-looking pass, but Dylan Dubai can't find it. He gets dumped down. Man, the physicality in this game has been insane. As this is in across the red line now. Picked up by Georgiev. We'll slow it down, and the Avalanche might be content to just take the rest of this first period tied. It's 1-1 after 1. There it is, John. Found that unmute button. Boy, I, I had to take a second. I was uh, I was just considering how many times we've been over this narrative, my friend, where the Calgary Flames have a, a decent period. Now, listen, it wasn't it wasn't a barn burner period for them by any stretch. Uh, they were able to find that goal and grab a lead, but you know they grabbed that lead relatively late, right after yes. the halfway point of the period, but unable to hang on to the pace of play. They just watched their opponent find that extra gear and the flames never seem to be on time and matching the intensity and the pace of their opponent uh the abs looked 
last five, four or five minutes of that first period, and they have the goal uh, that is the result of that extra gear. And John, this is tough, and it's going to be, be something that we talk about through the rest of the evening. Do the do, do fans of the Flames? Do, does the ownership and management of the Flames even want their team? Obviously, you want to be competitive. You want a good product on the ice. Of course, you love to win every single game. Heck, the Bruins almost did it last year. You love to win every yeah. game in the regular season and go on a huge run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But where this team is right now in the Calgary Flames, is that the best thing for the franchise? It's tough. It's a tough question. It's a bigger question that we can answer even in one intermission. But there's just so much that in that microcosm of a moment uh, in that first period with the Avalanche play and the Flames unable to respond. Lots to think about those kinds of plays. <clears throat> so here's the thing for me. I'll try to answer it at least a little bit on that side because it is a great question and we would need our own show to pretty much do that on that side. But I'll look at it like this. I know Martin Pospisil's been scratched. They just brought him in the lineup after a couple games. But Connor Zary gets the promotion. He's looked really, really good for the Flames. We talked about him being a uh, first-line type of player from some of the moves that we've seen. And I'm glad to be able to see him in this spot right now to showcase what he can do. What I want to see is the continuation of the Calgary Flames part of the Wranglers, all the other guys in there to go ahead and be up on the big squad and see what they can do and showcase some of the talent, be able to bring some of it that way. Dustin Wolf, being able to see a few of those games from him, be able to see that going forward. That's what I want to see for the Flames this year. Regardless of how many games they win, they feel like they could be. I'm not saying right now, but it feels like they could be in a situation just like they were last year. Hanging around it, maybe not finding a playoff spot, maybe finding a playoff spot, who knows. That kind of feels like spinning your tires, and I know that we've been in that narrative before, but nonetheless, everything that they said that they were going to do, and between Craig Conroy and Ryan Huska about playing some of the younger players and seeing their talent, they've showcased that, and that's the positive we can take out of it. Yeah, I think that's a good summary, um, and I, I'm glad that you gave us that perspective. Uh, and you're right, you know, it's almost as if the Flames, and listen, we're still in December here, uh, we haven't hit 2024 just yet, but the way things are projecting out as of now, it's almost like the Flames may be dancing around that kind of a performance, almost like they're taking the template from last year's Vancouver Canucks team that wasn't really fully finding their game, and they had a couple of nice stretches, they faltered in some stretches, and they made a push late in the season to uh, at least be in consideration. They were in the discussion for a playoff spot, but ultimately fell uh, a couple of slots short. It seems like that's what you're describing, what the Flames could be looking at this year. But there is positive, in, there are positives in that because that kind of a performance is coming from potentially a, a significant handful of players that do not have a lot of NHL experience, also may have had some time playing together in the AHL with the Wranglers, but are just learning how to play together uh, up at, uh, with the big club and trying to perform their best as a unit for Ryan Huska and Craig Conroy. So great points by you, my friend. And uh, I like to take the, the optimistic outlook because I think there is uh, a sunny future here. But right now, there's just it's, I'm not going to say it's a downpour, but the, there's some clouds in the sky. And I think Flames fans are a little worried about uh, how the weather's going to be, to stick with the analogy. But I like where you went with it. 
Yeah, and I'm going to go with the same thing for that for my own team, but I'm going to hold off of that for just one second because the upcoming schedule for the Flames, I think that's going to say a lot. So let's just make this segue before I move on. So we got Colorado tonight. Both of our teams are in a back-to-back. you got Vegas tomorrow at T-Mobile, and then Minnesota, who's been red hot since they've had John Hines. After that, it's Tampa, Florida, Anaheim, and the Los Angeles Kings on December 23rd. It's going to be a rough stretch of games for Calgary, but if they can make something happen and play around 500 hockey, that's got to give you some optimism. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, if, if they are able to play 500 hockey, that's about what their overall record would be, mm-hmm. right? Maybe a game below, something in that vicinity. Um, you know, and uh, Flames fans, uh, the, the pessimists of the bunch might say, is that where we want to be? You know, they're thinking about draft picks. Uh, there's always the, the dreaded tanking conversation, which I don't think anyone wants to see. I certainly no. don't. I don't think that's not how Craig Conroy and Huska and the boys are, are going to handle things by any stretch. Um, but you, speaking of stretch, you make another great point, my friend, that playing the top teams in the league is going to show you who you are. And can you at least hang to some degree with those squads? Uh, I'd like to think so. I think there's enough talent on the Flames roster. Uh, the, the answer should be yes. It doesn't mean you're going to go on undefeated stretch throughout that. But uh, if you can at least hold your own, play competitively, and hopefully get you know, half of the potential points, uh, maybe come out on top of one or two extra points, find an overtime win, a late goal, etc., uh, that could uh, bode well as we get to the uh, second half of the season. I think so, too. And I know this is going to be tough for me to talk about. I'm going to make sure I keep everything PG-13. I know Cooper and I like to keep all these shows clean on that side, too. Try to be as professional as possible. But uh, admittedly, as a Red Wings fan, I'll try not to cry about it, but it was a tough, tough Saturday on that side when they played against the Ottawa Senators. And there was a thing that happened. Dylan Larkin got hit in the back of the neck. He laid down motionless on the ice, and it was a scary scene. They called out the stretcher. Immediately, all the thoughts that went through my head were not the good ones on that side because he's had a series of neck issues, and it wasn't good at all. So he took the hit on the back of the neck from Matthew Joseph. He got followed up on the other end for Parker Kelly, and he was laying down unconscious on the ice. And uh, I won't talk about all the other tweets and things that I saw because if you believe in a certain portion of the afterlife, some of us get to the ticket of the top floor, some of us will be at the ticket of the bottom floor. And some of these guys from the things that they said about uh, Larkin, about taking a nap on the middle of the ice or poking fun at his wife just having a miscarriage, you know, you guys might have a special reservation for yourselves on that side. So it's a bad scene. So Larkin was put on the IR and there were some things to talk about for Matthew Joseph. Was it dirty? David Perron got a six-game suspension because he went after Adam Zuby, went after the wrong guy. That wasn't good to see, but he tried to stand up for his teammates. You know what, Cooper, honestly, I talk about this a lot on the side of it, and they're just showing it now on the Sportsnet side. But I talk about this because sometimes I feel like if we had more of those enforcers in the league that we had in the 90s and 2000s, Things like this wouldn't happen. I understand it's a fast-paced game, but when you're battling in the middle of the net and you get the stick up high and you hit somebody in the back of the net, you're doing more than bracing yourself. Now we see Eric Branson in This is perfect timing on this side. Some of these things are getting out of control. Yeah, and I, uh, I commend you for restraining yourself a little bit there. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you felt that way about any player on the Red Wings, uh, obviously your favorite team, and, and, and to have any member of that roster have that experience uh, 
is terrible, and to have it be Dylan Larkin is essentially the worst that it could be. Uh, and that was a, a very, very frightening situation. We've seen in the media lately a lot of serious stories about the real dangers of playing the game of hockey. Yeah. Um, and I, the least, my least favorite part is A, that it happened at all, and B, the fact that people would stoop as low as they did. Uh, I mean, listen, that's the internet in our modern world. You're going to get people who just don't care. They're just the keyboard jockeys who sure. they have, they want to get a laugh or they want to get attention. They, you know, it, whatever it may be, um, to, make claims like the ones that you just referenced about Dylan Larkin, who was seriously hurt, uh, pretty despicable. But what's done is done. All we can hope for now is a, a speedy and full recovery for him. Uh, and and I, I hope that this, which is the least consequential of all here in this scenario, that the games still have to be played. And there are players who are going to take the ice, and, and someone's going to have to step in for Dylan Larkin. And, I believe that the Red Wings have the talent to uh, to fill that hole. You're never going to fill it completely. But uh, I think that they're going to step up and hopefully be galvanized by this. Uh, and I will be keeping my eye out uh, on his recovery and, and absolutely hope him uh, the best for him. And as for Good Branson, former Flame there, uh, that, uh, that's a one-game suspension for him for being the aggressor in that altercation. But you said it, John. I'll, I won't uh, belabor the point. The, the, uh, the over-the-top responses i understand that the the true enforcers are almost completely out of hockey but that mentality still exists in the game and it's coming out in these fits and spurts right where it seems like because there's no single player who's designated as the enforcer right you know the guy the guys who don't have the visors on their helmets right those are as we talk about there aren't many left so someone has to respond and that 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 code of hockey, uh, it's still very, very uh, real and very alive, and it's, it's difficult to see it play out in a way that uh, leads to injury. You know, I get it. you got to stick up for your teammates, but you don't have to take someone else down in the process. That's what I'm thinking, and I, I'm glad you said it that way because that's kind of what I thought on the enforcer side of it. I mean, I remember the blood and teeth days of the Colorado Avalanche and the Detroit Red Wings, and... Even that almost seemed more civilized than some of the things that we're seeing today. And I really do mean that, honestly. It's just, it's crazy how far it's changed. And even, I know it's been a couple weeks since we've done a game and all that, we weren't able to address the uh, comments from John Tortorella, but when Jack Hughes, when he got hit pretty good, I think it was Luke Hughes on the other side from the Philadelphia games, he said, look, I'm glad that Luke's okay, but even... Uh, Tortorella said, I think some of these players now don't know how to brace themselves for impact, and they don't know how to brace themselves when they're making a play in the neutral zone, and they take a hit, and they end up getting a heck of a lot more hurt than they normally would be. Do you agree with them on some of those? Yeah, I think so, John. I mean, because the game, the, the, the priorities are shifting in terms of how the game is played, what's valued most by coaches uh, and GMs, what's expected on the ice and what's expected in terms of your physicality and your skill set. And that's what we're talking about there. It was almost, what's interesting about your comment, the quote unquote old, old days, which everyone thinks about as a more violent, more dangerous play, more fighting, more teeth on the ice, right? Spin yeah. chicklets, right? Where the yeah. podcast name come from. Well, what was interesting about that? Yes, there were those moments. And yes, fisticuffs in hockey, right? Extra, you know, extra physicality, body contact, 
throwing harder hits, dangerous hits. That, yes, of course, this, that's part of the game. Where players are always going to push the rules as far as they can. You know, and the, the interesting thing is, at this point, there doesn't seem to be clear lines drawn about who is responsible for what. Now, no one is singularly responsible for quote unquote protecting their teammates. Now it's just up to someone who happens to be on the ice. If something happens, a hard hit, maybe a boarding call, maybe somebody goes into the glass hard, an elbow is thrown, is it a needed knee? Who is jumping up to protect, quote unquote, protect the teammate? It just seems like since no one has that role, someone takes it and they take it too far. Yeah. It's not every time, you know, it's not every time. We do see players come together, there may be some pushing and shoving. You know, maybe a bit of a face wash, and obviously players drop the gloves. But these incidents with Larkin, obviously the good Branson situation, recency bias, we're talking about this. Those are the things that I want to see less and less of uh, in hockey. Not trying to say less physicality, not trying to say let's get rid of fighting. I love the game the way it is. But players taking it too far because they all of a sudden feel ownership of that moment. Um, it's almost like the emotion takes over, the passion pushes too far. And uh, we see some scary things as a result. Yeah, and I kind of wonder too as I close this out on the side of it, Department of Player Safety, uh, where where is it on some of the times? You kind of wonder, some people get more suspensions than you think they should, some don't get enough. I kind of wonder how that's going to be handled. Because again, I understand how fast the game is nowadays. There's a lot going on, but still... It's going to be up in the air, and we'll figure it out as we go along. Right now, the Red Wings are going to be quite short-handed. I think half of their line today was a bunch of Grand Rapids Griffins. It's going to stay that way. They're going to have some important games down the stretch. So we don't have a huge scoreboard today. Alec Nava did cover this game. It was the Islanders and the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs lose again in OT, but at least they forced it. The Islanders get a victory. They are now 13-7-7 on the season as they were able to get the finish there from Bo Horvat. His 10th for Matthew Barzell and Noah, Noah Dobson, his 22nd assist. Morgan Riley tied it with 7 seconds left to go on the 3rd from Tavares and Willie Nylander. Tavares also had his 2nd goal from Timmins and McCabe. It was 3-2 New York after 2 before Riley tied it and Horvat won it. Elias Sorokin stopped 37 out of 40. And on the other end for Elias Samsonov, 25 out of 29 in the loss. Great breakdown. John, and, uh, you know, what's, what's really interesting here is we're starting to see some teams move. You know, the things in the East and the West, uh, there, were, there were squads that we were surprised by their performance in the, uh, the first quarter of the season or so. And listen, I know this is a different topic and, and one that we don't necessarily have to spend a lot of time on, but boy, oh boy, don't look now. The Edmonton Oilers are starting to look like the juggernaut that everyone thought they were going to be, and they're on, I believe, a seven-game winning streak at this point. So, again, I was going to ask you on that side. You're right, it's seven in a row, and all of a sudden the uh, slow start that Edmonton had, the injury to Connor McDavid and all that, that seems to have gone by the wayside, has it not? Yeah, it really has. It really has, and, you know, it's, it's starting to shape up, with a couple of interesting exceptions, starting to shape up in the Western Conference, maybe a little more, as a lot of us expected it to. Um, I don't know if anybody expected the Vegas Golden Knights to be as good as they have been, but they are still the class of the Western Conference, if not the league. Mm -hmm. uh, they're right up there with uh, their Western Conference rival, the Kings and the Rangers, uh, the Islanders as well, as you just pointed out, making a great push now. Um, just so many interesting uh, 
developments happening over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, the Flames faltering, as we've been talking about. They are beat by the Devils and, of course, give up that late goal tonight in the first period. We'll see how this game plays out. Um, but, yeah, John, the uh, Vancouver Canucks still looking solid. Uh, and, and, you know, another one, another one of my, my teams here, the Seattle Kraken, just can't seem to get things firing on all cylinders. They were uh, shut out tonight. And you mentioned it, those Minnesota Wild, are, uh, they're, they're hot right now. Yes, they are. And I do have this in front of me because I was going to talk about that with you, too, on this side. So New Jersey, Tampa, Minnesota, Montreal, Ottawa. Again, it's eight in a row, and it looks like two of them are OT, six in regulation. And then here's the other problem for Seattle. What's upcoming on their schedule? They're at home when they lost to New Jersey, Tampa, Minnesota. They're still at home for three more games, but the next three games at home will come pleasure. Florida, Chicago, Los Angeles. Then they go on the road to play Dallas and Los Angeles. They've lost eight in a row. They could honestly lose maybe 12. Yeah, John, it's, uh, it's a scary stretch here coming up for the Kraken. And uh, after, you know, we're, listen, we're doing a Colorado Avalanche game right now. The, the Kraken were the real deal last year. Yes. They were able to knock out the, uh, the defending Stanley Cup champs in the Colorado Avalanche and, uh, and, and then, of course, bowed out in that second round, but uh, really made some noise. And boy, that noise has almost completely quieted. And I think the Kraken fan base is, was not expecting the way things have gone here. Uh, to this point in the new regular season. So the long-term discussion of this, and I'll keep it short, is the direction of the Seattle Kraken and their picks and their players. Again, I talked about Riker Evans at the beginning of the year. I didn't expect him to even draw in the lineup yet because he's still the 19-year-old defenseman of the Coachella Valley Firebirds on that side, but he did. And I think that that's going to be good. But for everything else this season, when you talked about Carson Soucy and you talked about Daniel Sprong and some other pieces like that, again, Matty Beneers, who I hold near and dear, is having a rough sophomore season right now, but some of the other secondary goal scoring is gone. It is, and that, uh, you know, that Calder trophy is nice and shiny in Matty Beneers' trophy case, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's being expected to contribute as the rest of his teammates are, and it's not come together. We'll see how things go uh, over the next couple of weeks for Seattle and uh, we're just about nine seconds into the second period here John 14 shots for Colorado seven for the Flames and we got a 1-1 score line you want to keep the play-by-play going my friend sure I'll keep it going because I want to keep you on the mend on that side so I'll hold down the forward and anything else we will uh, take care of in the second remission got a few other topics as well I guess we're going to do this face-off yet again so 1949 love to go in the second Colorado Scored a very late goal, a very gorgeous goal from Ross Colton and Tomas Tatar, who got his first. It's a 1-1 scoreline, 14 shots to 7 as Ryan Huska looks on. We're at Ball Arena in Denver, Colorado. It's Backlund and Colton and on the draw. And this will be one clean for Michael Backlund. And now Noah Hannafin can try to take this one right to left in the second period. He's got it in behind the cage or Dan Vladar. Honestly, Dan Vladar, I will not blame him on that first goal. He's had a really good first period, but it's up to Calgary now to suppress any type of pressure. Now they turn it over immediately. Logan O'Connor drop a broken stick, and it's picked up by Vladar nonetheless, and we're going to get a hooking penalty, I believe. Yeah, boy, about as bad of a start as you can have in this second period for the Calgary Flames. Uh, choppy with a couple of, uh, of whistles going play dead. Then the Flames give away the puck in the neutral zone. What should have been a routine pass, and it becomes 
a two-on-two, really a, a basically a three-on-two with the late uh, the late skater coming in, and the stick gets broken. So it's either going to be a hook or a slash. Uh, Anderson tries to block the puck. I'm not sure how Dan Woodard found the puck, and it is going to be a slashing on Noah Hannafin just 33 seconds in. So number 55, the defenseman for the Flames, will sit. It's another power play for Colorado, and the Flames are able to clear here, and I hand it back to John for the play-by-play. But the Flames got to get it going here looking bad to start this second period. Noah Hannafin's in the box for the second time. You know, Colorado were very dangerous in their power play. They already had six shots. Nathan McKinnon will slow up. Leave it for Miko Rantanen in the left side red line as Colorado will start again from the defensive end. Kel McCarr make the drop for Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon series of stick drags near the right side wall, try to work his way behind the left side red line. In the high slot, Nathan McKinnon touch pass. This is a beautiful one there for Miko Rantanen, and what a stop from Vladar. Yeah, that's a pretty pass from circle to circle. That was almost dot to dot, in fact right in front, of, in front of Ladar, and uh, you know what, Dan Ladar, he's, uh, he's earning that contract money tonight, he's been called into action a number of times, it's pretty significant ways, John, and other than that one goal which you mentioned, it's really not on him at all, he's made some big, big stops, this could be a 3-1 or 4-1 scoreline. It kind of makes me wonder, Cooper, the hot and cold maybe for Dan Ladar, because when he makes those saves like that, it makes me feel like he's a pretty darn good goaltender. It's just about consistency, because his save percentage is in the 880s. Kale McCart, now for Miko Rantanen, got it near the right side dot, trying to keep this alive off the backhand. We'll just shove it off the glass to Kale. It's picked up now here for Nathan McKinnon. Back to Kale in the high slot. Now Nathan. Near the right side dot. Here's another cross pass. A big bomb and a goal! Ranton into McCarr! Yeah, John, guess what? Dan Vladar's not stopping that one. You know why? He couldn't see it. That no. was a laser beam. Top shelf over his right shoulder. McCarr makes no mistake right there. And, uh, yeah, the, the Alberta native, he uh, does some damage right there to his uh, hometown team, so to speak. And, boy, that was a beaut from a car. Full slapper right there. You want to talk about classic hockey? There it is. Set it up for that one tee. That's like a video game. He blasted home. Two one-halves. Am I being hyperbolic when I say even in slow motion I barely saw that one, Cooper? My goodness. Not at all. That, no, that was a bullet. And uh, no chance Ladar sees that one. And uh, Noah Hannafin, uh, well, guess what? You were in the box and your team pays the price. Down one now. Will the Flames respond? Let's find out right here. So two very pretty goals for the Colorado Avalanche and a hard-working one there. It was Blake Coleman set up for Kadri. We'll see what changes here. Right now the Flames only have eight shots. They're the first three penalties of this contest as well. Something has to give. Colorado's not been playing well of late either. You know they're hungry to be able to get some results. We'll detail those beginning in the commercial break as this is picked up now for Colton. And now back to the Flames. I have to race for the puck, though. This could be dangerous here. Tomas Tatar able to get the steal off of Sovolov. And now the Flames try to press in their own end. It'll be Majapani. He's got the Jets. Get this in off the backhand now. Pinned against the wall. Manson trying to provide a little bit of pressure. As the Flames will try to keep it alive with Majapani. Spinning around his pistol. Take a look at it. It's Rizicka. And off the backhand, Flames... Still working with this right now near the left side blue line, but this will go into the neutral as it eludes Ben Myers. And now Noah Hannafin, who's out of the box, makes the pass. 
as this gets chipped in off of a little bit too far for Adam Ruzicka to reach for it. Colorado might press the other way here, man. They've been attacking very well in transition in this game, just like we're always used to, as this is recollected for the Flames. And across the red line now, again, for Adam Ruzicka, as it touches the stick of Alexander Gurgiev. He hasn't had much to do of late. Dan Vladar has been very busy in this game, but it's only 2-1 Colorado, and it could have been worse. As Rasmus Anderson gets the pin, Nathan McKinnon's back out there, as this will fall back to Rasmus now. No Chris Tanev, he's been gone since the first 15 seconds of this game. Jonathan Huberdeau will race for it, and Gurgiev will watch it fall to him. Yeah, John, it's uh, a big loss for the Flames, and I think you're already feeling it. There's just uh, a little extra time and space for these abs to uh, work through the neutral zone and into the offensive zone. They've made the most of it, and boy, uh, special teams right there as we see the replay one more time on the Sportsnet feed. McCarr, he is the quarterback. He's up top. He finds a ton of space in the high slot just up top of the circles. No one closes him down. Makes no mistake. That was a true beauty of the goal. Yes, it was. A goal and five assists in eight career games against the Flames. You can kind of see why. He could skate, he could shoot, he could pass, he could do it all. Oh, that's a good-looking hit near the right side boards. Is it going to work out for the Flames? No. This will be picked up as Coleman was right there again to try to find it. Yeah, it was a Mackenzie Weaker who just threw that hit. He's not necessarily known for really throwing the body, but uh, he found the opportunity right there and throws a shoulder. Man, he just decked down one of the abs right there, and that's a good clean hit right there from number 52. Yeah, I think he got a piece of Miles Wood. Yes, he did. That's a very clean hit for Mackenzie. Good work. Yep, and the Flames are going to try to take advantage here. They have a, a draw coming up in the ozone. They're going to win it. This will be Zeri's pass will get picked off. Colorado now as Miko Rantanen will find it. This will be spun away from Devin Tays. They're offside, so Jared Bednar's squad's going to go back. And now the Flames can go ahead and try to find an entry here. Last Lennon will chip this one to himself. Put this around the inboards now for Zeri. Zeri will watch this go back to D. Hannafin fires it right on. It was a screen out in front for Elias as this is picked up here for Kale. Kale now for Devin Tays. Back to Kale. Near the left side, this will make an outstretched pass from 50 fit. Nico Ranton and slows up. Oh, they couldn't hold it there for Nathan McKinnon. Man, he could have walked right in and shot it. Here's a chance into the traffic, and Bladar makes the save with the right pad. As the stick goes flying, Flames will pick it back up on their own end, but I believe they've iced it, so they can't make any changes. 15, 16 in a second. Yeah, John, I, uh, on that last play right there, Vladar does a nice job seeing the puck through traffic, flicks his left toe out and makes another save right there. That one probably was headed for the back of the net. But the Flames right there with Elias Lindholm, as we've seen the replay, did a good job at holding the puck in. And Noah Hannafin, who, uh, of course, was in the box when the Avs took the lead, he had that slashing call. He did his best to uh, make up for his mistake. He danced his check at the blue line, steps inside, and tries to float that one toward Gurgiev ultimately doesn't result in a clean scoring play, but a good job by Hannafin to try to make up for uh, his transgression earlier. It looks like Elias Lindholm, when they showed him on the bench, he had some words for the Avalanche in the hit that was just against Igor Sharankovich from Nathan McKinnon. We'll see if anything comes from that, as this is iced against Colorado. Yeah, John, so still waiting to see the Flames really establish themselves in that offensive zone. Uh, it's been it's been hard to come by for Calgary, and uh, this is not a new 
topic for us to cover. The Flames uh, don't always have the best opportunities uh, for extended periods on offense uh, on that side of the ice. We'll see if they can change that here, and they need to down one. They get another offensive zone draw. It's Rasmus Anderson near the right side duck. As this will be picked up after going wide, Dylan Dubé will hold it. I mean, a chance to call his name too much. Try to find Kadri, but this goes near the left side boards. This Dennis Gilbert will pinch. Good pass out of front of one one time goal. Rajapati ties it. Well, color me surprised, my friend. All of a sudden, it is a tie game, and that goal is just as pretty as what we saw with Makar scoring on the power play. Andrew Machapani needed that one. He has been in a bit of a slump, a bit quiet this year. He's been expected to produce for the Flames, and he did right there. My goodness, Dylan Dubé goes to Gilbert, Gilbert back to Kadri. Kadri just makes a smart hockey play, sends it to the middle, and finds Machapani who stepped into space, fires a glove side, nice low and away shot right there, yes. gets the twine, and it's 2-2. That's a gorgeous setup and an even better shot there for Majapani. He kept that one low to the glove side, as you said. There wasn't a lot of room there, but he hit that thing with conviction, Cooper. Yes, he did. Boy, that's great to see for uh, the Flames' bread man right there. And guess what? Don't look now. Nazem Kadri used to having a ton of success in this building in previous seasons. He's having a ton of success tonight. He's been in on both goals. Yeah, it's got to feel good for the Flames. I know it feels good for us being fans of Nazem Kadri. It's been some up and down. But I do think on the side between some of the other signings alongside Mackenzie Weger and Nathan Codger especially that they have produced. But you're going to want to expect more on the other side for Jonathan Huberto. I want to see him signing if you're already getting some of those points. I know we've talked about that. As this is Myers, keeps it alive a shot as Cogliano goes for a tumble. I think he got hit with the puck. 14.09, he's slow to get up. Yeah, it looks like he is uh, getting up gingerly there. Doesn't seem to be grimacing too, too much. But yeah, John... This has been one of the themes of the night. We always talk about the themes of every game that we uh, cover together. Boy, Cogliano takes off his glove right there. May have been. Now, wait a second. Wait a second, John. I don't know if he was hit with the puck. Was he dropped by Sotolov right there? Because Cogliano goes down away from the play, and now the Flames are going to be down a man again. Yeah, it looks like the fourth penalty. The camera cuts so fast I couldn't see it, but Sotolov's in the box. And the Flames take their fourth penalty, but it's a 2-2 game with 14.09 left to go in the second. Man, the Flames are playing with fire. Yeah, they are. And the, the kind of fire where they are now burning themselves and repeatedly. They have to learn their lesson here. And it, I, I agree with you, that camera whip pan was a little too fast for both of us to catch exactly what happened. I do think, if I have to guess here, that uh, Sobolov got his stick locked up into the skates of Cogliano uh, before the puck was glanced out of play, so it could be a tripping call. We'll see when we come back from the media timeout. But, boy, the Flames are, what, what's going on, John? They're, like, allergic to taking uh, the lead here. It seems like they, as soon as they get a little momentum, they just are going to give it right back to their opponent. And here's the thing for me, again, the four penalties, again, that's not good. But Dan Vladar, because Jacob Markstrom, I believe, is dealing with a little bit of illness, correct? He's getting the start. He's doing a good job. He's 16 of 18 right now, but you keep putting him against on the kill. I mean, things are going to change. you got to make his life a little easier, you'd think. Yeah, no, you absolutely do. And, and I will. Uh, I do know this detail just from following Flames Twitter. Uh, it was uh, a few days ago, less than a week ago, Markstrom in practice actually take, uh, took a puck off of the glove side underneath the blocker 
and he fractured a finger. Oh John. man! So he is he is out, and it doesn't it wasn't uh, extreme, but he left the ice immediately. Obviously, he was in pain, and then the finger was fractured. So I believe he has had a procedure. I don't think it was uh, uh, extremely significant, at least in terms of um, NHL hockey procedures. Uh, we know how serious those can be, but he should be back within the next. Uh, several weeks uh, should miss a small handful of more games. So it's going to be the, the Vladar and Wolf show. And that's why we see Dan Vladar in that tonight. Okay, I appreciate that. That's good to hear because I did hear Rick Ball at the beginning of the broadcast talk about a stomach bug that was going through. So I was wondering with Markstrom, I mean, that's a tough way to get injured. But thankfully, it's nothing going to be too serious, it sounds like. This is picked up now for Kale McCarr, Miko Rantanen. Can they do it again near the left side? Dot pass right in the middle. And now this will be in the high slot. Here's it for Rantanen, kind of looking like Nikita Kucherov near that side of the dot. As it's Kale McCarr. He keeps it in. It's the Moose near the right side red line. Back to Kale. Kale's patient sends it across for McKinnon. This power play has been very organized off the bar. As this goes now for Nico Rantanen. Again, it's just too much danger here for my liking. Kale McCarr. Back to Miko. Now to the right side. Dob Elichuskin sends it across for McKinnon. And a one-timer goes all the way down the ice. I mean, it just feels like you're getting shot out of a cannon right now with all these chances. And Dan Ladar is going to have to keep standing on his head, I guess. As this is picked up now for Nathan McKinnon. Belichuskin, here's a great pass. Miko Rantan, right in the middle of the circles, doesn't shoot it. It's Nathan McKinnon. He's dancing near the right dot. Sends it back. Devin Tays, Kill McCarr, Miko Rantan in. It's trying to find McKinnon, and it does not hold the zone. So McKinnon... He's been out there the whole time. 45 seconds left to go on the power play. What a pass in the middle. Val Nishuskin tries to keep it alive with the body. Goes back to Val from Kale. Val, cross pass, falling down as Dennis Gilbert. He falls on it, and Dan Vladar mercifully gets a stoppage. Oh, John, I wish you could see my face right now. Uh, I am smiling, but almost, uh, it's not out of uh, joy, <laughs> based on what I've been seeing from the Flames on this penalty kill. It's uh, just sheer surprise. I can't believe Colorado hasn't scored again. They almost did. They rang one off the inside of the far post. Uh, and then Rantan it goes across. Good active stick by one of the Flames defenders there to poke that out of the zone. Uh, 36 seconds left in the power play for the Avs. Flames win the draw here in their zone, able to clear it just barely. But the Avs hold it in. Now the Flames get it. And we'll tip this one out. And I hand the mic back to you, sir. I will say, Cooper, on that side, even if Colorado doesn't score on this side, isn't this exactly how you would want your power play to look? Absolutely. Their movement has, it's a, it's a work of art. Just watching the way they move with the man advantage, it's uh, every coach should be uh, showing this recording to their young players. Fantastic work so far. Tomas Tatar will drop, get this near the right side dot. Gets away with a cross-check. Tatar already got one. Try to power his way to the net and stop by Vladar. Oh, you know what? I'm going to say that's one of Vladar's better saves right there. That's a, a, a Tatar player, skilled tonight, motivated tonight, gets room. He is able to drive the net from the wall to the crease, John. He has to go backhand. Those are tough shots to stop. He got it off with some room. Vladar has to flash the leather. Yes, he did. That was a good save, as you said. And for Tomas Tatar, I know it's only been a few Colorado broadcasts for me, but this might be his best game. He got his first of the year. He had eight assists. But his first goal, they're trying to get more. Olafson pinned against the boards. This is going to take a dangerous bounce. It'll be recorrelled by Devin Taze. I mean, it just feels like it's Colorado's puck right now. Taze fired at the net. This one gets blocked. Huberto gets a piece of it. 
He's going to run out of gas, though, trying to get a piece of Devin Tays as it'll fall to Connor Zeri. And now Weger. Weger falling down, makes the pass as this just gets punched ahead. Sharon Kovich, ball on Byram as they'll try to locate it. Nazim Kadri off the stick chop will find it. And the Flames with Connor Zeri as this goes in across the wall. And now Colorado will watch this one go back to the Flames. Nazim Kadri near the left wing. He's got one. Trying to keep alive off his forehead, and he gets all turned around. And this should be a power play, the first of the game for the Flames. Yeah, I think you're right, my friend. This is um, very good timing for Calgary. They have, uh, they have been able to tie it on a beautiful goal by Manchapani, a set up by Kadri. And now Kadri is, I believe, going to draw the penalty here. So he has really been at the center of everything for Calgary. And uh, hopefully, this will build for Flames fans. This will see the team build some momentum. We'd love to see them get some extended time in the zone here. Maybe make this 3-2. Absolutely on that side. Again, Miles Woods missing a few chicklets even in his picture. He's seen that when he's going to the box. Nazmi Kadri, he's been really, really good in this game. Big-time players like to play well in big-time games. And Man, what a shot block that we saw on that side. And then the camera went all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Flames unable to win their ozone draw here. Can they keep it in? Yes, they can. Send this one to the top of the circles. Holding right there is Jaron Govich. He's at the near wall. Flames have it down low, trying to go to the high slot. This one's going to bounce out to the neutral zone. And now, John, I'll stop stepping on your toes. Back to the play-by-play. Noah Hannafin, number 55. Again, he wants to stay out of the box. You want to be circumventing this power play here. We'll see what the first line can do. Sharon Kovic, and this is a turnover. It's going to be a three-on-two. Abs have it. Pass right in the middle. Olofsson. Again, this isn't a scoring line right now, so what they'll do is just pass this one back and eat time away, which is smart for Jared Bednar's squad. But again, Madrapani has just tied it. It was a great setup there with an Ozan Kadri line. Again, he's got a couple points in this game. Sharon Kovich, drop for Kadri. Now Hannafin. Hannafin had a tip. This one goes at the line and cleared down by the Avs and sent all the way back down. Man, the camera cuts have been a little interesting in this game, but nonetheless, we are broadcasting an NHL game alongside John Cooper Hopkins. It's been a lot of fun nonetheless, as it's Adam Rzichka near the left side. Just a little bit too far there. Majapani trying to locate as this is lifted. Olofsson will fire it back down again. It goes into the bench and out of play right at the 10-minute mark. And uh, John... And we are exactly at the 10-minute mark here, so halfway through regulation, and Rasmus Anderson, the, uh, arguably the best defender for the Calgary Flames, he is doubled over in pain on the bench right now. Did he get hit by that clearing attempt in the elbow, perhaps? I'm not sure exactly what happened, uh, but he is uh, in some pain on the Calgary bench right now. Want to see if the... Oh, yes, he did. Near that left side, got hit him right in the back of the hand and the elbow. Uh, can't afford to have any more defensemen go down, so... He's grabbing on that left side hand right now. Hopefully Rasmus is okay. This will be picked up here for Wager, but he can't hold the line. Wager now off the backhand. Set it back up for Backland. And now Calgary has to start in their own end. It's the first power play for them. Colorado's had four of these. Backland, centering pass near the right side dot. Slow up, shoot off the outside of the cage as it's Connor Zeri. Zeri now collects it near the left side face-off dot. It's Wager, stutter step, nice backhanded play. Zeri can shoot if he wants to, but it's Backlund and around the end boards now. Be an opportunity for Adam Rzichka. This will go D to D. Kept alive by Wager as he's patient right in front of the net. Good stick chop there for Colorado. 
as they kept it clean in front of Georgiev. Wood is out of the box. Wager's got it. 9-10 left to go in the second. It's a tie game, 2-2. Madrapani sauce pass attempt goes too far, and Gurdiev will hold. So the Flames right there, good opportunities, but nothing to, uh, nothing to show for it on that power play. A couple of good shot attempts. And uh, i got to say, Mackenzie Wieger making a smart play right there. The timing with Wood coming out of the box, if Wieger doesn't collect that puck and protect it in the neutral zone, and then ultimately in his own zone, uh, we would have seen Wood pick that thing up near the red line and then potentially skate in. So Mackenzie Wieger, smart play right there. Uh, Flames uh, have tied this game on a goal from Andrew Mangiapane. A nice bang-bang pass from down low along the boards, out to the slot. Majapani finishes low and away on the glove side, and uh, we hit the median timeout, John. Uh, it's an interesting one. The Avalanche have looked like the better team, yet they do not have a lead right now. Does it kind of feel to me like this is the way the Flames have played all year? Last year I talked about it with you on that side. We talked about it in the last broadcast against Dallas. They were able to find a way to fight back when they couldn't get any wins when it was late or going into OT. And now the Flames, they might find themselves being outplayed in a couple games, but yet they're right there. And some of these games seem like they're for the taking. Yeah, and I, you're absolutely right. They are for the taking. And uh, I give credit to Derek Wills, who's the uh, Flames play-by-play -play man on Sportsnet 960. The fan in Calgary, he had basically coined the term, find away Flames. That's from a couple seasons ago. Uh, and has now been brought back because when these this Flames team does win, they often must find a way. They're usually not blowing teams out. They're not holding multiple goal leads. Uh, a lot of times they're either hanging on to one goal lead through the third or coming back after being down to tie and then ultimately get that victory. So uh, we'll see. They took the lead to start the year, and then they gave up two unanswered, and then they finally did answer with number 88 in red and white. Uh, they're looking to get that lead one more time. It's going to be a hard, a hard task, though, John. Uh, Colorado's look so good that uh, they're almost their best defense is almost offense. That's how good they've been with the puck tonight. Yes, they have been, and we'll see how this goes going forward because every time Cooper and I broadcast a game between the Flames and the Avalanche, it always seems to be something spicy. And right now, a little bit past the halfway point, this game is still tied. Shots on goal are probably a little bit low considering the output that Colorado has been able to use on the power play side. Good touch pass for Miko Rantanen. Nathan McKinnon. Miko Rantanen lets it go. And it's saved by Vladar, but it's kept in by Kel McCarr. What a pass! As this goes near the right side, Duff. Fake the slapper. Send it across from Taze. Kel McCarr. Now Devin. He's got it. This will be touch for Nathan McKinnon. This will bounce off of one of the flames, I believe. But this will be picked up here for Bo and Byram. Byram now will recollect. As he's out there with Kale, they mix the lines a little bit for Jared Bednar's squad. Kale will use a pass from 60 feet. It'll be Mako Rantanen using that body, trying to keep it alive off the backhand, work his way near the left side boards. As this will go D to D, right at the line, get deflected. Nathan McKinnon's the first to get to it off the half spin. Near the right side dot, the high slot now. This will be sent across to Manson and saved by Vladar. He slid post to post well. Another good stop by number 80. Big man in net for Calgary. Dan Vladar has looked very good tonight. And uh, he saw that slapper a little more cleanly than some of the others that have come through. There have been some bouncing pucks. He's had to uh, slide post to post like you just said. He did it there just seconds ago. But boy, McKinnon, Taves, McCarr, uh, Cogliano's look good. Rantanen's had some opportunities. Uh, Vladar is 
answered most of these calls. The only ones that have gone in have been absolute beauties. So uh, I think that's what it's going to take today if the Avalanche want to win. They feel good, but they have to look even better if they want to take the lead and get the victory. I agree with you, and I think it's going to take absolute beauties on both sides. They'll double down with that on that. So they show Vladar stopped 21 out of 24 in his last appearance against the Avalanche. They're already going to have to pretty much do that right now. It's already kind of where he's at in the numbers. As it's picked up for Tremos Tatar, he's got one for Colorado. But they'll have it in their own end. As they'll have to transition from left to right in the Cerulean and Maroon. And somebody goes down on the Flames side, and they try to finish off a hit as they take a change going to the bench. Rasmus Anderson is back out there after getting a puck to the left side of his hand. Dylan Dubé will shovel it across the left side red line. Nazem Kadri out there as well as Josh Manson just trying to use his body weight on Majapani to go ahead and get this puck loose. His bounce is up and off the glass. Rasmus Anderson will settle it down on his own end. Majapani got to be careful as he turns around and makes this pass as this will be off the stick of Yurikiev and behind the cage. It's Devin Tays off a long outstretch pass. Logan O'Connor will gain the entry near the right side wall. Blake Coleman, he's looked good tonight. He gets dispossessed, though, by Ross Colton. Colton now will send it back to D. He'll go ahead and take his change. 6.55 thereabouts left to go in the second. Drawn under with you alongside Cooper Hopkins. It was nice enough to join me in this one. I know he's in a little bit of pain, so I'm taking the play-by-play -play on this side, but we're taking this game in. I think you feel a little bit better with the Flames' victory, no doubt about it, as it's Noah Hannafin. Send this one back across. Right up in the middle, it's Michael Backlund, the captain, see for Coleman. He scores! John on Blake Coleman's <laughs> parents on their feet. Uh, you know, sometimes we forget these guys, they have uh, they have family members, loved ones that they're playing for. I love it. His dad's giving fist bumps right now. Blake Coleman, just a casual snap wrister right there as he enters the zone. This is Hannafin. Starting to play from his own end. I'm getting the real-time replay right here. Backlund takes it straight up the center of the ice. Flames just take what's given to them as the uh, blue liners for Colorado are retreating, not really holding their ground and stepping in. Coleman says, you know what? I've done this a few times before. I'm taking a shot, and that shot goes right underneath the glove of Gurkiev. Gurkiev can't believe it. I think he wants that one back. Perhaps there, John. Either way, 3-2 Flames. So I know the first goal was a little bit more pretty there for Kadri and the Majapani to finish it off the 1-T one-timer and close. That time Blake Coleman in off the rush off a good pass from Backlund, but nonetheless, Cooper, two straight goals, bottom right corner, glove side. We'll see if that continues. There's a slapper. This one gets blocked. The Flames have the lead right now. And again, you might be thinking about Colorado probably playing the better of the game so far. It's probably true. But again, they could have scored more on their power play. They had four chances, as this is picked up now for Miko Rantanen. We'll shovel this one off the backhand. It's Nathan McKinnon. Now for Val Lachuskin. We'll get this one D to D. Look at Colorado continue to dance and hold that line. Kel McCarr. Good defense there for the Flames and A.J. Greer. But it's Nathan McKinnon and the high slot shoots. This one gets blocked. Bounced up over the net. And we are still live right now. One of the Flames was down. I think it was A.J. Greer off the shot block. Here's another one. This goes off the left side wall, and the Flames try to get this one out, and they finally do. Man, it feels like they dodged a bullet. They're always dodging bullets, John. That's what the Avs have been firing. They're trying to fire right now, but the Flames are going to stick in the way. And there's Sharon Govich right there. He's going to send us to the neutral zone. And the Flames, I think, have their third line out there with Rizicka. Boy, they needed a change. They got it. 5-10 to go here in the second. 3-2 Flames. But here come the Avs. They're now in the O-zone. 
Abs able to gain the entry now. Is he going to the third line? Defense out there! What a stipend score! It is tied again! What did we say, buddy? What did we say about beauties? That is number three. The list grows. The list of absolutely beautiful shots and goals. Dan Vladar has been hung out to dry every single time the Avs have scored. He's had, made some great saves, but right there, what are you going to do? The Avs take it down to the near corner. Hannafin misses a check. Puck's turned over, and boy, oh boy, I'm trying to get a number right there, John. I couldn't see the goal score, but that is wired to the top side over the right shoulder of Vladar, and that is 3-3 Colorado with another gorgeous goal. If you got Ben Myers on your bingo card, the fourth liner, congratulations. It's 3-3. What a snipe. Absolutely. Boy, you couldn't surprise me. I would have never guessed he was a fourth liner. That was a first-line type of goal right there, and that's why we're tied again. Holy cow, what a game this has been. His first. Again, Tatar's got his first from Coglano Malinsky, Sam Malinsky. So again, the back-end lines for Colorado making a difference. Turnaround shot. That almost went to hit the post. It's Colorado. Feels like they're trying to provide the effort again. Nazem Kadri with a huge hit on that side. Takes out one of the avalanches. Tatar will try to locate it. Lost in between his legs. Good work there from Majapani as he'll press in deep. I think Ryan Huska's squad is going to go ahead and take a change. It's a 3-3 tie. This is a back-and-forth game. And I can't tell you which way this is going to go right now. But I'm glad to be doing this broadcast alongside Cooper Hopkins. It's an extended timeout here for Colorado. Back in behind the cage as they'll look to start again. Logan O'Connor outstretched pass try to find a cutting bell in the shoeskin. Backland. Here's a good play. Coleman's got it. You better look out for him. He's been excellent in this game. He's got it now. Blake Coleman near the right side. Dot turns, fires. That one goes just wide of the left side post. He was trying to find a five-hole goal. As this goes in behind, almost gets stolen. And Gurgiev holds on. Blake Coleman was right there again. Well, John, it's not even a contest. The two best flames by far tonight, number 20, Blake Coleman, number 91, Nasim Kadri. You can understand Kadri. Listen. As we hit the break here, we have a moment to talk about it. You can completely understand why Kadri would have some extra motivation. He's back in a building where he had a ton of success. Uh, he won many, many games and was a huge contributor to a very successful Colorado Avalanche team, one of the best in recent memory. Then, of course, moves on, becomes a Calgary Flame, uh, and has looked fantastic tonight, uh, not only with an assist, with a goal, also with a huge hit along the glass on the penalty box side. But guess what? Blake Coleman. He has been everywhere tonight, and he almost just scored by accident. That's how good he's been. Buck squirts out from behind in the trapezoid area to Gurgiev's left, bounces off of an unsuspecting Coleman stick blade, almost sneaks into the net, my friend. But either way, we are finding ourselves with yet another classic contest here. Every time we get together, John, it's been a great one. No duds, no blowouts. These are closely contested games with really excellent play and physicality. Uh, coaching decisions, special teams play, some crazy stuff that you and I always get when we cover these contests. Uh, it has been a fun one, and we're not even through with the second period yet. Yeah, I'm really glad that we did this one. On that side, I always try to reach out with you. We're always in contact on the Instagram, trying to try to figure out possible assignments in upcoming games, just to try to keep everybody else interested, just in case they listen to it late and all of that, too. But we appreciate all of you on that side. But you might want to ask Mom and Dad to be in the uh, portion of every one of these broadcasts for Blake Coleman. My goodness. Yeah, I guess so. They, uh, they <laughs> brought him into this world, and he is bringing them joy tonight. There's a replay right there, and 
absolutely beautiful wrister. Uh, again, I will say one Gurdjieff probably wants back, but Coleman's release right there, that was, uh, I always like to make this reference, that was Johnny Gaudreau-esque. That was a, a really fast release, blown away. Gurdjieff couldn't handle it. Uh, but then the Avs do answer, and that's why we were tied at three. And uh, this game has the makings of uh, a really tight finish here as we have 347 in the second and then the whole third to go. Blake Coleman's got two goals and two assists in the last three games. It was Coleman and Ben Myers with the latest goals. That's why it's tied at three. It's in it and again. The Flames take the lead. Connor Zeri. Connor Zeri, welcome to the first line, young man. That is incredible stuff right there. All of a sudden, the Flames now make it seven goals total scored in this game with 341 to go here in the second. John, they've only shot the puck officially on net, I believe, 16 times now. Yeah. They didn't even win that offensive zone draw, but the clearing attempt goes bouncing out to the far boards, and then it bounces right back in front of the low slot where Zeri sees that puck at Gurgiev's eye level, John. That is at shoulder height. And he baseball bats that he show Ayotani that thing wow. back in the net. 4-3. Man, Connor Zeri has been some kind of special since we've been doing these broadcasts. That's got to feel good. I'd love to have somebody like that on the Red Wings. Gets a pass now as this is picked up for Rasmus Anderson from Zeri. Has to pick it up in between his legs. He tried to shoot the wrister, but here's Zeri now. This is from end to end. Here's a pass right in front. And this one will get picked off by Colorado. Zeri almost made it happen. Now Nathan McKinnon in full flight. Try to find Rantanen, but this gets sticked away. So you go Sharonkovich. Again, promotions in that first line. Sharonkovich and Zeri. It's worked out right now. The Flames have a 4-3 lead. As Cooper said, they only got 17 shots on goal, but they got four goals. Three goals here for Colorado on 21 shots. They've had four power plays. As this is picked up now for Mackenzie Weger. He'll spin. He's still dancing with this thing in his own end. He's waiting for the forwards to get all set up here. Now Backlund chip this off the right side of the wall. It's Blake Coleman already out there. Feels like he's been double shifted. We get this one here from Backlund. Flubs on it momentarily. He'll get it back. This goes off a couple skates. And now Mackenzie Weger gets this in across the red. He'll just gain the entry. 225 left to go on the second. Blake Coleman and Connor Zeri now make it a 4-3 game for the Calgary Flames over Colorado Bowl Arena. I mean, I expected this game to be good, but... For Calgary to already have four goals and Connor Zeri to already have six, he hasn't played a ton of games. He got the assist from Weger as this is sending off the wall. Bounce off O'Connor. Now Jonathan Huberto. See what he does here. Here's a big slapper. He tried to go for the right side of the post. I kind of like the decision there as this is picked up now for Sovalev. And off the right side, Dot. There's an opportunity for Dubé. Dubé just put it around the inboards now on the left side. Takes out one of the Avalanche. Nothing called. It's turned over. Good save for Gurdjieff. Rebound. Another save. Rajapati funnels it at the net. And I think Gurdjieff will hold on to it. And now we get a massive scrum. Kadri's punching Gurdjieff. And now his helmet's off. O'Connor's out there as well. And now I think things have dissipated. John, on. This is turning into a wild one, sir. Uh, we got Kadri and Gurdjieff throwing fists at one another. That's a goalie on forward. Gurkiev <laughs> taking exception to Kadri's play right there. Probably should be 5-3 Flames. Manchapani stoned not once but twice on rebound attempts from about 10 feet out. And that is incredible stuff. Gurkiev working that right pad right there. And then a deflection by Dubé on the doorstep. Manchapani tries to close down on what he thought was a loose puck. I'm not sure Gurkiev knew where it was. Then O'Connor was after Kadri 
and Kadri and Gurgiev, as we said, throwing those fists. Man, oh man, what a sequence. We got ourselves a hockey game, sir. Cooper, can I say this? I want this version of Nas and Kadri all the time. I love the effort and everything else that we're seeing. Play was blown dead, but the puck went in the net. Yeah, first of all, 100% on Kadri. If you can bring this every night, uh, my goodness, uh, that changes this Flames team uh, in a major way. But unfortunately, I would argue that uh, the whistle had not gone. I think it should be 5-3 Calgary. Connor Zeri may be talking to one of his coaches about that very fact. Uh, either way, Kadri for roughing is going to the penalty box of so two minutes. And guess what? The Avs, so dangerous with the man advantage. Uh, no, excuse me, it's going to be a four-on-four. Four. I saw Kadri's penalty alone, but it's going to be, uh, looks like roughing both ways. So, four-on-four four for two minutes, John. So, Miles Wood, Nazem Kadri in the box. It's four-on-four. Four. Who does this favor? Right now, I know where I would lean on the obvious side, but the Flames have played so darn well in this game. Who knows? As this is near the right side, dot. Flames with it. Noah Hannafin. Off the back skate, working his way near the left side. He might spin with this. Scores! Noah Hannafin. <laughs> My goodness, did he just make up for his mistake earlier? We talked about it. We talked about the penalty. We talked about the result at the time. The Avalanche had a grip on this game. Guess what? Noah Hannafin. Look at him. Move those skates, John. Plains win an offensive zone draw thanks to Lindholm. And Hannafin dancing like a forward. And then he carries this puck in. He's just working behind the net, John. He turns this thing around, goes forehand, and that one bounces in. Oh, and I'm going to look at it right now. That's actually tipped in. Is that Zeri's second of the night? I'm trying to get a number there. Or is it Sharon Govich? It's Sharon Govich. Yes. Sharon Govich gets the final score right there as I try to catch up to the play. And speaking of which, play is resumed. Either way, 5-3 Calgary. So how about that first line promotion? Cooper on that side, Sharon Govich and Zeri both on the scoreboard. Man, what a block out in front by the Flames there. That was the Avalanche right off the rush looking to score. It's a 5-3 game, and the shots on goal are tied at 21. Yes, they are. My goodness. So I have to give credit, of course. Sharon Govich will be uh, given that goal. That was uh, a beautiful shot by Hannafin. And listen, Hannafin still gets a ton of credit, 90% of the credit there. He did so much work picking up the pass from Lindholm, working along the near boards, gets out from behind the net, and then fires that puck on. And Sharon Govich... Like a player's taught to do, you want to drive the crease. He's right place, right time. His seventh goal of the season in 1834. So that's a really big momentum builder for Calgary scoring late like that. Uh, and it is 5-3. Eight goals now in this game, John. Again, I think it's a perfect segue for you because in the first period it was a late goal for the Avalanche. Now, Gurkiev didn't have good rebound control, but he got the whistle. I do want to make this mention. I guess I'll wait until the second period intermission, but we'll have to talk about goaltending on both sides. But again, we get to watch for Elias Lindholm driving the play, working it out in front. Connor Zeri and Igor Sharankovich, they're talking about the first lining for good reason. Yeah, no question about it. Boy, that Zeri goal, that's going to be on his highlight reel forever. He finds that spinning puck out of the air. Again, that was above Gurgiev's crest on his jersey. He bats that thing in, and then Hannafin with the good work, he's going to put that puck on net. Zeri Fincio, excuse me, Sharon Govich finishes, and this first line looks like they're going to be stuck with each other for a while with this kind of success. Yeah, that's a good thing. As Dennis Gilbert can't find it, Josh Manson will relocate. Again, Cooper and I know the obvious here. Colorado has the firepower to tie this game or take the lead. 
This third period is going to be very, very interesting here. Here's a turnover off the backhand. Vladar makes the save. And then a huge hit on the other end against O'Connor. That's definitely going to draw a crowd. Oh, this thing's getting crazy, John. It's official. This is a, this is a real deal hockey game here. We're getting something from every category. Uh, that was a massive turnover. Should be 5-4 right now. Vladar saves another tough to stop backhand right there great stick that backhand shot must have come up at about 60 miles per hour and then gilbert absolutely slams brown down to the ice a clean hit right there that was before the whistle had gone oh excuse me make that Drouin. i just misread the, the uh, name but uh gilbert finishing the play right there and Drouin, he is blasted down to the ice right there and players come together yeah, excuse me, that was my fault. It was Jonathan Drouin, not O'Connor on that side. His man, he got absolutely smoked, and I think he might have a case for it. Again, I know Curtis McDermott still plays. I don't know if he dressed here for Colorado, but we do remember that big fight with Nikita Zadorov not all that long ago when we did one of these games last year. You might see more of that. Kale McCarr's pass gets deflected. Calgary's got it. 15 seconds left to go in the second. It's back when you're the left side wall. He gets upended by McCarr. He's still pretty strong. As this is sent back in off the referee, this might kill some more time for the Flames. Flames are going to take a 5-3 lead into the dressing room after two. Wow. Would you have expected that uh, after our first period intermission? Uh, I have to say no, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> the way the ads were playing... At, especially at the end of that first period, I thought, John, there was a good chance they might take this game over and win it by three or four goals. Could be a, you know, sort of a 6-2 finish kind of a situation, but flip that on its head, it's 5-3 flames. Uh, we've seen some beauties. Every single one of the Colorado goals has been uh, a true highlight reel style goal. The flames have had uh, a lot to speak of on their own side. A couple of gritty ones and a couple of really, really pretty ones. And uh, we got eight total in the night, and we got an entire 20-minute period to come. Uh, we'll see what uh, is in store for us. But, man, oh, man, what a game here at Ball Arena. Yeah, before I get into the stats in particular, because I do owe everybody a reset on this side, because we do have eight goals. Uh, Cooper, honestly, I think the main thing that we have to say right now is you better look out for the first 10 minutes for the Calgary Flames. It's going to be very telling in the third period, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, listen, at least in that moment, uh, this is sort of the call that I had. Uh, getting that fifth goal right there, I think, is uh, is, is really important. Not just because it doubles the or it builds a lead from uh, a single goal to two, but getting a late goal. It's just classic stuff, right, John? We've done yeah. so much hockey coverage. We know this. This is not going to be a surprise to any fan listening. Uh, getting a goal late in the period is a real boost for any team, and that's going to be the case tonight. For Calgary, however, we've seen what the Colorado Avalanche can do uh, and turn things on a dime. Obviously, they have the horses to go on that kind of a run. If they want to make a push, they have the capability. It's going to be about the Flames not being satisfied with a 5-3 lead. They're going to want to try to get it to a 6-3 even further margin because uh, McKinnon and McCarr are going to be on a mission as well. So again, I won't go into detail of all the goals because there's too many, but there are some points I went ahead after this for the Avalanche. So to open the scoring, it was Nazem Kadri with his seventh from Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman's had a heck of a game. 
Tomas Tatar, a very pretty goal behind the net set up by Ross Colton Tizer from Freddie Olofsson. It's 1-1 after 1. And then you have six goals in the second period. Kel McCarr opens it on the power play as Noah Hannafin goes to the box with an absolute bomb of a slap shot. Mikko Rantanen and Anthony McKinnon pick up the assist. Return the favor from Nazem Kadri behind the net from Andrew Majapani with his six from Dennis Gilbert. Ties it at two. Blake Coleman, routine off the rush, but not routine for Alexander Gurkiev. It's 3-2, assisted by Backlund and Dennis Gilbert at 13-21. Ben Myers fires back with a wrister. Top left corner from the right dot from Coglano and Sam Malinsky. Then Connor Zeri and Igor Sharankovich score back-to-back -back goals from 16-19 and 18-34. A deflection out of the air for Zeri baseball style. And a second effort from Sharankovich makes it 5-3 Calgary after two. Alexander Gurgiev stops 17 of 22. Dan Vladar, I think, has been pretty good in this game. He's got some run support, and that's got to feel good. That's top 19 of 22. And I'll let Cooper jump back in, but I do want to say this before I close everything off for the Avalanche. So now for Alexander Gurgiev, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned. I'm not just saying it for this game. But it's 23 games officially. Now his goals against will be over 3, and his save percentage will be under 900. Ivan Prozvatov, who we saw before, is still at a 906 and a 292. But the goaltending for the Colorado Avalanche, maybe some of their defense, hasn't uh, exactly given the hope of confidence because going into this game, Colorado has been struggling. They're 1, 3, and 2 in their last six. Their only win in that span was against Anaheim, 3-2. They lost in the overtime or the shootout to Arizona and Anaheim. And in their losses in regulation against L.A., Winnipeg, and Philadelphia, they've been outscored 23-14. to Yeah, John, those are all fantastic stats and things that we need to be aware of as we talk about this team. Obviously, you know, listen, uh, anecdotally, like what I was just saying, yeah, the Colorado Avalanche can still turn a game on its head and uh, embarrass you real quickly. That has not been what they are doing, however. In fact, it's been uh, closer to the other side of the scale. And what I find very interesting about your comment about defense and goaltending, if we look back, you know, just, uh, just a quick glance back to about a half hour ago, where did this game start to turn? Well, if I had to pinpoint something, I would say it started to turn on that Blake Coleman goal. And that was not necessarily a beauty, right? It wasn't sniping. He didn't uh, beat uh, Gurgia to a perfect spot. He just took a quick shot from a decent angle, but that's probably a shot that needs to be saved by an NHL goaltender. Yeah. The puck was coming out from a decent distance. Uh, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a Michael Stone slap shot at 102 or anything like that. Uh, and listen, Blake Coleman, ton of skill, great forward, uh, big contributor to this Flames team. But I would say Gurgia probably, again, we always use that phrase, probably wants it back. Uh, and I bet, his, uh, I bet his coach does as well. And I wasn't, I, at the time, I wasn't thinking that would deflate the abs and they would yell, the, the game's over, oh, Blake Coleman scored on us, and we should have saved it, and we're going to give up. Of course not. Of course not. Nothing that extreme. But uh, it, it seems to be where the Flames gained a little bit extra drive. Uh, I feel like they may have seen a soft spot in Gurdjieff and been a little more motivated to, uh, you listen, you know that the litmus test is Jonathan Huberdo. If Jonathan Huberdo is willing to step into space sure. and take a shot instead of just trying to distribute, and he did. Now, he didn't score, but he shot from a similar spot to where Blake Coleman scored his goal. 
I think that that built belief when Coleman did find the back of the net, uh, and the Flames then ultimately rewarded for being a little more confident and driving that net. That's exactly what we saw in goal number five for Calgary. Uh, Noah Hannafin being confident enough to bring the puck in on four on four from the blue line, drive behind the net, turn, fire on the forehand, and who's driving the net behind him? One of his forwards, Sharon Govich, finishes. That makes it a two-goal lead. So all your points are well taken. Uh, and I'm going to be interested to see what happens if Gurdjieff lets in one more. <clears throat> Could his night be over in the third period? That would be interesting, and that would be something going into this, admittedly, Cooper, I never thought would be the case, because at some point you have to be able to make some saves, and Gurkiev hasn't been able to do that. I understand the Flames have had some press, and they've scored some incredibly beautiful goals, and the question is, in between you and I, I know we'll go into the scoreboard here in a second, but the Flames, over our last broadcast against Dallas, a couple really hard-working goals. I know the one in overtime for Nazem Kadri wasn't an uh, absolute bomb in the OT, but it was a good setup there for Huberto on that side. They finished it off in our last broadcast, and now they're playing their best against teams that are really, really good in this league, and it's really good to see. That's why I always still have a little hope when we talk about the Flames and we watch some of these games, because I like the way they step up against primetime matchups. Yeah, I mean, another good observation from you. And this is, now listen, there's two sides of every coin, right? Obviously, there are tons of positives there. Flames come to play most of the time against premier competition. That's what makes things a little more frustrating when you see them falter a little yeah. bit against teams that you would expect this kind of a performance on the ice uh, from. Now, is it that they just want these big-time matchups and that they're phoning it in? No, certainly not. It, you know, a lot of it is just uh, coincidence, but this is the kind of ceiling. Now, John, I think you and I both have watched enough versions of this Flames team in particular, enough hockey in general, to see a team's potential. How often do they play to it? How often are they at it or even exceeding it, showing us a new level that they can reach? We're seeing tonight, at least through two periods, the way the Flames can respond after having a shaky first period then finding a little bit of success, taking an early lead, letting that lead go, finding their own confidence to come back, put pucks on net, move their feet, trust each other. This is the kind of result that can come from that. It's just can they sustain it not only in this game, but for long stretches of games and really change the way their season projects, you know? Absolutely, and that's what you got to hope there for Craig Conroy and Ryan Huska on that side, that they have that medicine, be able to go forward and figure out what it takes, be able to kind of provide and continue to give these efforts, because it's been nice to see. Buffalo Sabres, they get a big win at the Key Bank Center against the Arizona Coyotes, and I'm going to say it that way, because Arizona's had a pretty good year so far. So Kyle Poso got his first from Robinson and Connor Clifton, and then it was a host of goals for the Sabres. They got three more, Robinson, Peyton Krebs, and... J.J. Paterka with his 12th. Michael Kesterling got his first for Arizona, but they're down 4-1. Michael Carcone made a 4-2 after a shorthanded effort, but Rasmus Dahlin gets his 7th as Buffalo wins 5-2. Devin Levi has a very strong effort and goal, 21 out of 23 for the Sabres. Carvel Melka stops 33 out of 37 in the loss. Yeah, John, that's a, that's a good, solid win right there. Love to see Oposo get on the score sheet. Um, he's a player I've liked for a long time. So, no huge uh, paragraph for me right there. Just appreciate you breaking it down. And, yeah, just a personal uh, one of my uh, players that I enjoy watching. Glad to see that he's contributing tonight. 
So I will say this, again, I have to talk about it because the Red Wings have back-to-back -back games just like the Calgary Flames do. Calgary Flames will be playing the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow. I mean, hell, if they do this again, I might have to just switch my assignment and see what happens on Tuesday. But uh, Detroit's going to have a back-to-back -back against the St. Louis Blues at the Enterprise Center. So admittedly, as I've said, with a lot of the injuries, there's no excuses on this side. you got to build a man up and have as much best of a roster as you can. Cooper and I talked about this. Patrick Kane's brought him to be a third liner. Well, because of all the injuries, he's on the first line. With Andrew Kopp, who's normally on the third, with DeBrinket and Kane. That was your first line. It sounds good, but your depth is six different Grand Rapids Griffins on three and four. So, yes, they took the result that you probably expected, a 6-3 loss to the Dallas Stars. Again, Miro Haskin and Potts, an empty netter. Joe Pavelski gets his 12th. Matt Duchesne, Jason Robertson, Essel Lindell, and Haskin and also scored again. Goal scores for the Red Wings were Jonathan Berggren with his first, Daniel Sprung with his seventh. Boy, has he been good. And Joe Valeno on the power play. Jake Ottinger stops 27 out of 30. James Reimer gets the start the first time in a long time. Stops 29 out of 34. But Daniel Sprung, and I love the effort. I know it's only seven goals, but... I think all of those have been badly needed, and I hope that he can find a way to sign, because I know Seattle's missing him. Oh, yeah, John, you literally took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say, boy, does Seattle miss Daniel Sprong. And listen, he was he was certainly decent as Washington Capital, uh, but he really shown, he really uh, made a big difference on that roster last year for the Kraken. And but look, it, it wasn't the Daniel Sprong show, but losing a player like that that can really contribute uh, and can be a spark plug for your team, I think it's changed the I think it's changed the outcome this year a little bit for the Kraken and has changed it in a positive way uh, for your beloved Red Wings, my friend. I'm I'm glad to see him succeeding there, and uh, he's definitely making a difference. Yes, he is. I do want to ask you about some stuff that happened across uh, some of the sports world. And again, I saw this from Jeff Passan on ESPN, and I had to just ask you this. So Shohei Otani. Signs a 10-year, $700 million. That would be enough because, again, Shohei is not going to pitch until the following year, 2025. He's going to be a DH, maybe a little bit in the outfield in 2024. But I saw today from Passan that his money is going to be $2 million for the next 10 years, so $20 million over uh, the next 10 years, and 680 of his 700 is deferred. And when I looked and said, is that legal? Well, I guess it is, because I'm thinking about Bobby Bonilla. Do you remember him on the New York Mets? Maybe Shohei is getting the same type of deal. Yeah, I, I think we may have seen the same tweet. I saw somebody literally ask the question, <laughs> is that legal to defer that much money? Uh, I mean, obviously, Otani already a, a very, very rich man, more than any of us could even imagine. But uh, what a back-loaded contract. That's... Uh, <laughs> That's, uh, I'm not even sure what analogy I can make there. That'd be like putting a, like a, uh, a heavy engine on the back of a, of a, of like a, a rowboat and <laughs> just watch that thing, watch that thing fly through the water. But it's so, uh, it's so heavy in this turn that it might uh, sink itself. I mean, my goodness, it's just a wild setup. But the Dodgers, uh, with the, the biggest get that you can possibly imagine in the baseball world and, uh, you know, he's staying in Southern California, going to switch leagues, moving to the National League. Uh, obviously, he's going to make an impact immediately. Uh, but man, oh man, he's just saying, give me pocket change for a few years, and then I'll come to collect uh, when I'm almost 40. How does that sound, guys? 
I mean, I think that's that really works out well, especially for the Los Angeles Dodgers brass, doesn't it? Because you already have Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, and now Shohei. And they already had a team that was really good in the playoffs, but they did get swept by the Milwaukee Brewers and their excellent pitching staff. And then the Arizona Diamondbacks went on their big run. But essentially what I'm saying is it's going to allow the Dodgers to be able to continue to wheel and deal and make moves and surround that team with talent, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And listen, I think Shohei and the people around him know that too. And uh, I mean, <laughs> this is what people keep pointing out. Shohei Otani plus Mike Trout on the Angels for multiple seasons. No playoff wins. No playoff wins. It's just a, a, almost unimaginable. And you have to know that, of course, Shohei Otani is going to get paid. He will be paid handsomely beyond which any North American sports athlete has ever seen. Um, and that's credit to the kind of player that he is, generational talent, um, you know, almost a millennial talent. It's like we'll never see a player like him again in our lifetimes. He's going to get the payday as a result, but he's going to delay that in order to prioritize winning and winning now and winning what I would expect to be big as a Los Angeles Dodger. Yeah, you want to be able to get that first playoff win. I definitely think he's going to do that. So my football picks over the last few, I actually won the pool over 70 people a couple weeks ago. Now I've been kind of maintaining in the second half. Two wins that I thought were going to be easy to get, I guess, are not going to happen right now. The New York Giants upset the Green Bay Packers. They win 24-22 in the Meadowlands. And right now, Tennessee Titans are driving with the football they could take the lead against the Miami Dolphins. It's 27-21 with a minute 53 left. Yeah, really interesting. Uh, the Titans have played a solid, solid game, but the, the, the complexion of that game changed on a non-call of a horse-collar tackle of Tyreek Hill yes. on a play that actually went for a loss. He was behind the line of scrimmage, gets tackled by, and I forget uh, right now the name of the cornerback who made the tackle for the Titans, but Tyreek Hill twists an ankle and potentially a knee. It didn't look extremely serious, but he has been out for the remainder of the game, and that game has changed uh, in a major way. Titans could get a huge upset here. Yeah, they absolutely could, and the one thing for me on that side is the win on the other game that we just talked about for the Giants over the Packers, that might change some things in the NFC North for the Lions, who all of a sudden over the last month They've been able to get wins here and there, but they took a really bad loss to the Chicago Bears, and they're trying to hold on in the division. And uh, they took a loss, but the ugliest game I saw was a 3 nothing win for the Minnesota Vikings over the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, listen, we were talking about old-school hockey a little while ago. Why don't we talk about old-school football? That looks like a score from the 1930s. <laughs> a 3 nothing win. Uh, and I, of course, had the distinction of starting Josh Jacobs on my fantasy team in that game. Oh, man. I got about five points out of him because uh, the Raiders could not do anything as the scoreline revealed. But uh, a win is a win. And uh, you're right, the Chicago Bears with uh, rejuvenated Justin Fields, he looked pretty good against tough Lions squad. But uh, I do expect the Lions to bounce back. I think they're going to make some more noise this year. It's been fun to watch them and their resurgence for sure. Their last four games of the season, I know we're getting up against it right now. They're playing the Denver Broncos. they got the Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, and Vikings. So if they're going to get in the playoffs, they're going to have to earn it. Yeah, you're right. And uh, the Broncos, who were pretty much written off, and uh, boy, Russell Wilson had become a laughingstock. Well, 
his head coach, his, his doing yes. the kind of work that he did with Don, uh, with uh, Drew Brees for many years. Uh, I'm not equating the two. I mean, of course, one's a Hall of Famer and one, you'd think maybe, depending on how the latter portion of his career goes, might have a case. But uh, Russell Wilson, looking a little more like his old self, and boy, that pass to Cortland Sutton in his game against the Chargers, that was a heck of a play. Uh, but that being said, the reason that I go on that little diatribe is that I do think the Lions are going to be able to take a victory there. I think the Broncos' defense is still able to be had. Uh, I think there's enough skill there. I think uh, Monroe St. Brown is going to do some work against those Broncos. Got to say, it's a tough game against the Cowboys in those four games, that yes. four game stretch. Um, but I expect the Lions, I, I would think they can come away with three out of four in that block. Great call by Cooper as we were talking in the second intermission. Guess who's in goal for the Colorado Avalanche? Ivan Prozvatov. Well, you brought his name up, and uh, I happen to be the one who, I, I listen, I thought they might give Gurgiv one more ch chance at it. Apparently the leash was shorter than I expected. Going to be a new goaltender. Can the Flames uh, pepper one or two past him to build their lead? Going to start this third period ahead 5-3. So we return to five-on-five five now. Nazem Kadri makes his way out of the box. Kale McCarr tried to circle in his shoot near the left dot. Shoots it out of play, but that looked dangerous. Yeah, and here we go. Just seconds into the period, right? When we have uh, McCarr with the puck on his stick. You better keep those eyes wide open. Do not blink. Uh, it is uh, appointment time. You've got McCarr looking to change this game for his team at any moment. And again, Cooper and I can talk about this question after, because someone posed on the YouTube side for me, at what point do we have to admit there's something wrong with the abs? was a question that was thrown out there. We might have to talk about that a little more, because we did bring that up a little bit in the second intermission. Things haven't looked that great. There's been a second type of skit for them where they've given up a lot, and they haven't had goaltending. Maybe it's one of those doldrums, or maybe it's something more. Igor Shankovich, now Rasmus Anderson. This will go all the way back, and he will go ahead and... Get this off his forehand, try to get around a skate of Vel Nachuskin, and now Nachuskin will find it. Gain the entry here, O'Connor, trying to drive the wall. As this is sent out in front, but the flames are there, and the avalanche immediately steal. Play this off the backhand now. Noah Hannafin will try to get this one down. It's a two-on-one, but the flames are on the edge of a change. They'll go ahead and take it. Shots on goal are tied at 22, but the flames are enjoying a 5-3 lead. Maybe Cooper and I didn't think that was going to be the case to start this game, but it's been well to see. Again, Calgary has been able to play well against the big boys. Again, our broadcast against Dallas, a comeback against Carolina, and some of the other teams right now that kind of make you scratch your head a little bit, but it's good to see right now. The promotion on the first line for Sharon Kovich and Zeri, they've already gotten on the score sheet alongside Nazem Kadri and Blake Coleman, who have been excellent. Miles Wood of his forehand now. This will get knocked off a couple sticks. It's going to be a good bounce. A block out in front. It's loose. Flames trying to locate it. Fired at the net by Colorado. And this will be blocked. Here's a touch pass. It's three on three now. As Colorado is already there on the back check. This gets knocked away into the right side wall. Dylan Dubé trying to recollect. As he falls down to make a play. Andrew Majapani the same. He's being pinned near the right side boards. As it's Myers. will hold on. Back and behind his own net, as Colorado will look to start right to left. The Cerulean and Maroon, as this gets picked off by the Flames. Flip this one back down. Jonathan Huberto off the half spin in the right side wall. Good pass ahead. Back one up to find it in between his skates. He takes a cross check. It's fallen down, and Prozvatov gets his first action, makes a glove save. Yep, so Prozvatov is on the score sheet now with the save officially, uh, but he was in the action a little bit earlier. The Flames were uh, in the offensive zone, and 
Uh, a couple of skaters went right through the crease there, and uh, Prosvetov stepped out to the top of the blue paint and uh, threw a little of an, a bit of an elbow right there. So he's looking to get into this contest with some physicality. Good block there for Dennis Gilbert that we just saw on the Sportsnet feed. He's trying to do his Chris Tanev impression again. The Flames have been without him since the 15 seconds in this contest. Off the hit from Ross Colton. Ross Colton's been bringing the pain train on a couple different players. As this is a rush the other way for Colorado. Bowen Byram off the backhand. A good cancel off by late arriving Flames there with the stick check. Goes away from Hannafin though. Myers spins. Got near the right side. He's pinned in deep. Driving is Bowen Byram near the right side wall, trying to push us near the dot. As this is knocked off Huberto, this is sent back down across the red line off the one-on-one. -on -one. Here's a turn by Coleman. He'll fire wide near the left side post, but he's certainly feeling himself there. We didn't miss it by much. As this is recollected for Rasmus Anderson. He can't hold the blue line, though. He'll gain the red and fire it, and it goes in up out of play. I love it. I love it. Just get a shot of Blake Coleman on the bench there with uh, Huberto some teammates. Blake Coleman, he decides to go spin around on backhand, <laughs> just a, a prayer, and he sends it not that far wide. I no. know that Blake Coleman, he's feeling it with mom and dad in the crowd tonight. Boy, I think Huberto's feeling it on the bench as well. We had uh, Rasmus Anderson take a clear attempt off of uh, his forearm earlier, and then Huberto gets one off of, I think, just underneath the glove. So, boy, nicks and bruises everywhere for both squads tonight. Uh, we got to ice up after this one. Absolutely. Welcome to the game of hockey. It's been uh, brutal on both sides, especially with the puck more so than the hits, I would say, as Lindholm will fire this one in. Prozvatov will stop it with the goal stick. Now kill McCarr. And behind the office, Colorado's down a couple goals at home at Ball Arena. Drummond under with you alongside Cooper Hopkins. He's mending, but uh, he's been happy to join me on this broadcast. We've been happy to call this game so far. A little bit surprised at the scoreline, but nonetheless, it's been a very entertaining game. I might have to label it as another instant classic. The Chuskin sends a cross pass over. Good stop by Vladar. Made it look routine. Yeah, he did, John. You said just what I was going to say. Vladar right there. He's looked especially good to his left. He sets up so beautifully. He comes out to the top of the crease, tries to make himself big. Uh, and that was uh, exactly what he did. He ended up getting that shot right in the bullseye. That was in the middle of the flaming sea on his chest. Yet another save for number 80 in net for Calgary. We get a chance to look at the young Dustin Wolf. I like to see the young man playing a game that we get to call. Yeah, I certainly hope we get the chance, and I bet we will soon. But right now, Ladar is uh, he's making the case to get more ice time with uh, with the big man Markstrom and down with that fractured finger. So Mika Rantanen gets his shot blocked by a host of flames, and now Colorado has it again. Kale McCarr. Again, Colorado needs goals. We talked about the first 10 minutes being important, as you always would, especially with a team that's trailing. Right now, Calgary doing their job. Another shot block. That one's going to hurt. Here's a chance now. Majapani, not quite a breakaway. He'll have to slow up and buy some time. Pass right in the middle of a high slot. This one gets deflected. This goes off Prozvatov and our play. Boy, great touch pass right there, but a little uh, little billiards action right there, or as Derek Wilson would say, a good draw weight on that thing. As Manchapani was sprung for kind of a slow developing breakaway right there that ended up uh, being negated by a good back check by Colorado. And boy, add, we talked about lists tonight, add to the list of players with nicks and bruises. Mackenzie Weaker blocks a shot, I think, off the instep or maybe the ankle area. 28, John, blocked shots wow. for Calgary. Just six. For the Avalanches, there's a save off the end of the trapper 
uh, from Crossfoot Top. The Flames looking to hold in here in the offensive zone. I'll let you pick things back up. And 28 block shots. That really tells you you want to earn these two points. Pospisil drive to the net. That one gets partially blocked. The Flames thought it was behind Prosvitov, but this goes now with Colorado. Trying to gain the entry, but the puck gets stolen. They'll gain it across the red line now. Vladar flubs this thing, but Igor Sharankovich, got to be careful not to get stick lifted in your own end. Pospisil will turn and fire. This is a race for the puck. We'll see who gets a good stick lift there. Be an opportunity now. Dennis Gilbert trying to buy some time. It's Rasmus Anderson. We'll send it at the net. Gets deflected and picked up now for O'Connor. O'Connor will spin and turn as this is recollected now for Colorado. Off the three on two, it's going to be a chip and chase. It's going to work out for Olofsson. He's pinned to the boards by Hannafin near the right side red line. Calgary still enjoying a 5-3 lead. No goals yet in this third. That's where Calgary likes it right now as this one gets sent down the ice. It'll be not blown dead, I guess. This will be Colorado that has it. They'll have to start the full length from 200 feet from right to left. It's Manson. Gain the entry, take a long shot. This one gets blocked. Calgary now will go ahead and take it. It might have went off with Dar's stick. Bowen Byron recollects in off the forehand, spins in behind the office, and he's got it. Plays this nicely off the backhand. He's still with it. We'll chip it in across the right side glass. Dan Vladar will slow it down. Calgary Mackenzie Weger is back out there after blocking off the instep, as Cooper said. As this is nice disposition of the puck by Majapani, he gets rid of the right side boards. Good outlet pass. Nathan McKinnon. Here's an opportunity for Rantanen. We'll go for a drop. And this one is funneled at the net, but it's picked up by Nathan near the left side circle. We'll spin and turn. Devin Taze will send it across for Kel McCarr. Fire it. Goes off the blocker of Dan Vladar, but Nazem Kadri right there. Nice glove down by Devin Taze. And the high slot now slows up. Back pass. Try to find Val Nachuskin. Flames might have numbers. It's a two-on-one. Majapani the trailer. Oh, the stick goes flying. It went farther than the puck. And we get a hooking penalty. Oh, my goodness. Boy, Nazem Kadri has looked so, so good tonight. He gets tripped blatantly right there. Still able to get the puck away. A pass with one hand to Majapani. Wow. And then, John, I'm not actually sure who was the blame who took that shot. But, uh, again, the theme of the night for me is lists. Add to the list of another flame completely whiffing on their shot. And that was on a two-on-one breakaway opportunity. That stick exploded like I haven't seen in a long, <laughs> long time. And, uh, and whoever made that shot or attempted that shot threw the shaft of the stick down in disgust as the avalanche touch up for the penalty. And they'll be happy to take it. The Flames probably could have made it 6-3 right there. But at least they get the consolation prize, my friend. They will have the man advantage when we come back. Yes, they will. Val Nachuskin is going to go to the box for tripping against Dylan Dubé at the 6.38 marker. 13.22 left to go in the third as we're in the middle of a break right now. And again, some of the plus-minus is hurting a little bit. Some even strength goals here for the Flames. Not often do you see Kel McCarr. He's got a goal, but he's a minus four. Yikes. Yeah, it's definitely a surprise, and we'll see right now with the Flames if they get an opportunity to do something here on the power play. 
They haven't had a ton of chances to do so with the man advantage. Again, this will be their third. Five on the other side for the Colorado Avalanche. Again, a power play goal here for the Colorado Avalanche. They've certainly had their chances. It'll be just another one here for the Flames. This comes at an it comes at an opportune time, honestly, because we talked about it in the third period in the first ten minutes. As we've said, how important that's going to be right now. The Flames have been stopping any opportunities because of these shot blocks. Nazem Kadri, you know, the right side on Huberto sends it across. That was a dangerous looking pass. That could have been good. Kadri holds it in, though. Off the carom. Huberto, back to Kadri near the right side. Kadri right in the middle. Huberto tries to jam it. And this one will go all the way back down the ice. Been a good looking effort there for the Flames so far. Maybe they can try to take a couple of game plans from the Avalanche from what they've shown in their power play with the puck possession because that looked pretty good. Elias Lindholm. He gets stick-lifted. This is near the right side boards. Johnson trying to locate it. Right near the high slot. Here's a shot. Prozvatov gets a piece of the glove. Huberto holds it in. In the high slot now, Hannafin. As this goes down to the right side boards. Kadri, nice extra effort to keep it alive. Here's a touch pass from Huberto and Kadri. Hannafin just gets it to the blue line side and keeps it safe. Hannafin now will recollect off the back pass from Mackenzie Weger. Sends this. Here for Igor Sharankovich now. Sharankovich finds it. Backhanded entry. Series of stick handles. And now Sharankovich from Huberto. Huberto trying to find it near the right side wall. And now Hannafin has to pick it back up. Probably see some changes here as Hannafin will spin and turn. 40 seconds left to go on Calgary's power play. Hannafin's still with it. Gain the red line and fire it in. Colorado down 5-3. They got to kill this penalty as this is picked up off the forehand and cleared down for Jared Bednar's squad. Dan Vladar will slow it down. Be an opportunity for Mackenzie Weger to go left to right. Again, they're in the road whites with the Reds on top. The Calgary Flames are during a 5-3 lead against the Cerulean and Maroon in the Colorado Lunge Ball Arena. Backland, all the way around the cage. Mackenzie Weger will find it, settle it down off of a glove hand. This gets chipped out of the air, trying to get located for Connor Zary. Got to be careful of a break here. Miles Wood stays on side. It's three on two. Slow down, shoot, look for the traffic. Ladar makes the save. That was a short-handed opportunity. We'll be go back to five on five. As this is recollected for Zeri. Zeri goes between his legs. He tried to get around Bowen Byram. And this is recollected now for the Avs in full flight. It's an opportunity for O'Connor trying to drive the lane. He gets canceled off. Make a rant and then he'll shovel it to himself out of the air. That's a little bit too wide for Nathan McKinnon. We'll get it down. Good stick lift. Here's an opportunity for Greer. And this one is a good save off the right pad of Prozvatov. Good work there off the stick lift from AJ. This is funnel at the net. Blocked. And now Calgary will play the carom. Send this back around the right side. They got puck possession again. Pick this up for Lynn. Only rides the blue line off the drop pass. Calgary shoots it right at Prozvatov. A gigantic rebound. And now Nathan McKinnon, one on two. He might turn on the Jets. Spin and turn near the right side. What a drop pass. Now Lachuskin trying to find it in between his legs. And recollect it off the stick reach. Every time Nathan McKinnon touches the puck, it got to be a little bit more alert. 10-15 left to go in the third. As it's an opportunity to slow it down for Johnson. Jonathan Drouin will send it across as it's Josh Manson. And off the window, Colorado gains the entry. Here for Rasmus Anderson, Tomas Tatar. Gets knocked away from him. Johnson can keep it alive, but this is pinned near the left side boards. Johnson trying to relocate against Majapani. This doesn't find his stick. Duran, 
He's in tight near the left side dot. This will go D to D now. Fired at the net. Big rebound. This one gets blocked by the Flames again. Five different goal scorers tonight with a point. Ten players with a point on that side for the Flames. My goodness. Half spin by Josh Manson in his own end. As this will get sent in. Tomas Tatar will go ahead and give chase away from Igor Sharankovich. Nice pin by Backlund. Hoberdell falls down, tries to keep it alive. Backlund's got it now. The captain C for the Calgary Flames. The only minted one at that. He's been one of the leaders in plus minus as well. Does a little bit of everything. Jonathan Hoberdell near the right side. Touch pass opportunity from Backlund. It was a good idea, but it's turned over. Kel McCarr. He's got it near the right side wing. Off his backhand, trying to work forehand. Spins around. And his pass in the middle of the slot gets picked off. It's off the window here for the Flames. Time is going to start to work against the Colorado Avalanche soon. Here's a pass right in the middle of the slot, and this one's a little bit too far for O'Connor. As Colorado finishes a hit, Rasmus Anderson, here's a bad turnover. Woods got it, he shoots near the left side post, and a good save by Vladar. Any rebound attempt was blocked off the Flames. Here's the slapper, this one gets pinballed, and they score! Ross Colton, it's a one-goal game now! Well, John, first of all, excellent job on a really long series of just unbroken hockey right there. No whistles, nothing happening uh, in terms of stoppages. You had to get on a run, and you know what? The avalanche, they got on a bit of a run, but ultimately it comes down to a lucky bounce right there. That's a big shot from outside to flex off a body. Ladar was in perfect position, but the puck bounces right to one of the abs through the feet of Connor Zeri. And this is now a one-goal game. My goodness, what a contest we have had. All of a sudden, the pressure is back on. Flames got to try to score one more because you know the Avalanche are coming. Yeah, who knows what we're going to see next right now, but I'm right there with Cooper on that side. 8.40 left to go in the third. Hold all tickets. Hold on to your hats right now. We're going to have a hell of a finish here. 5-4, and I'm definitely going to mark this as instant classic when this gets uploaded yet again because I just have to. Eighth of the season at the 11:20 marker from Ross Colton from Manson and Byram, Flames are off sides. Yeah, John, we're gonna hit the break here with 8:29 to go in the third. Uh, again, 5-4, Flames still hold that lead, but now it is a one-goal lead. You know what? This has been a very evenly contested third period, uh, if, if you ask me. Uh, Flames looked decent. Uh, I would say in the first portion of the man advantage that they had, and then Colorado was able to clear the puck a little more regularly. Uh, Flames would have loved to have score on that power play. Ultimately, they were turned away. The power play has not been a strength for Calgary this season. Uh, in fact, it's been uh, a little bit of a weak spot for them, and that has shown here. However, they look pretty good at even strength, uh, but that, the Colorado Avalanche, this is what they can do. They are just able to drive the zone, uh, find the puck, put the puck at least toward the net, and I feel so badly for Vladar. He technically has four goals against here in this game, John. But uh, really, none of them have been his fault by any stretch. No, I, I'd be hard-pressed, Cooper, to imagine he honestly could have saved any of those on that side. I know the question was asked, we talked about it on the YouTube side a little bit in the second intermission, about how the Avalanche could fix themselves. Again, Jared Bednar is wondering the same thing. Okay, you got another four goals, maybe you get a fifth and you tie this thing, but at some point with the elite defensive potential and some of these elite forwards that the Avalanche have, Cooper, they want to start locking it down, lock and key, don't they? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, you know what, you have to say, uh, the Flames, with uh, with a lot of uh, questions about what their future holds, Dan Vladar has looked really, really good tonight, 
and uh, deserves a ton of credit, even though the scoreline is 5-4. Uh, John, if we get it, that 10th goal, and we say this a lot, we say this a lot in tight games, but this next goal is going to be so, so massive because it's either going to be the Flames recapturing that two-goal lead or we're going to have ourselves a tie hockey game, sir. Yeah, and I would shudder to think, although we have seen the Flames have some heroics in OT this year, I still worry because your third, you know, the overtime line can be Kel McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, and Miko Rantanen. You just don't want that. No, you don't. Not if you're a Flames fan. But here we go again. Puck has been dropped. Avalanche win this faceoff at 8.20 to go in the third. Let's see what happens. So they were just showing the fisticuffs on Sportsnet. This has been an incredible contest. And it's amazing. Every time I get a chance to watch between Calgary and Colorado, or Colorado in general, I just can't take my eyes off the screen. As this is picked up off the cross pass, it's a little bit lazy there for Coleman, but he's there to it. It'll just turn and fire. He's been excellent in this game. Backlund now chips it in deep. It's Jonathan Huberto. This bounces in off escape lanes. It's turnover right in front. Set back up Backlund. And a good save there for Prozvatov off the left pad. As he's recollected now near the right side dot, it's Mackenzie Wager. We'll slow it down as the forwards will take a change for Ryan Huska's squad. As Cooper Hopkins just said, the next goal is fundamentally important. A 5-4 game at Ball Arena in Denver, Colorado. Calgary has just iced it. Yeah, a bit of surprising uh, result there. I thought that there was a deflection near the players' benches that would have resulted in that icing being canceled, but apparently missed the stick. So faceoff comes to Ladar's left, I believe. We'll see if the Flames come in a D-zone draw here. The amount of the block shots that we've seen from the Calgary Flames has been nothing short of heroic, and yet they're only up by one. It's the fifth time this season with five-plus goals. Season high was seven, so the Flames, again, find away Flames. That's been very apropos here. Can they do it? This is a face-off win here for the Abs. Tomas Tatar. As this one gets blocked, Mackenzie Weaker tries to funnel it ahead, but it'll fall back to Rasmus. And now this will bounce off Devin Taze. It's a one-on-one -on -one the other way. Now contested into the neutral zone. Picked up here for Jonathan Drouin. As Colorado finds the entry for Ryan Johansson. Played in off the backhand now. Nazem Kadri's there. You kind of wonder how he's feeling. The former Stanley Cup champion for the Colorado Avalanche played very well in his couple seasons in Colorado. He's played very well in this game. 7.05 thereabouts left to go in the third. It's a 5-4 game. Here's a fire from Taze. This one goes intentionally high. Sharankovich can't locate it. Colorado's got possession now. Near the left side red line. They'll spin and turn. Get this from Devin Taze. Now Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram. Bowen Byram's back out there. It's Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon spins. Still got it. Stutter step near the right circle. His pass can't be held in. Kale will have to set it back up here. And he'll fire it across the defensive zone partner up the tic-tac for Bowen Byram. Bowen Byram now to the left side red one. Gain the entry. Off his backhand. He'll drop it. Kill McCarr. Stutter step. Fires. Scores! We are tied. What a goal! Oh, yes. We felt it coming, my friend. We felt it coming. And I think the Flames did, too. They've looked a little shakier since that... Uh... Slightly lucky bounce for the Avs that made it 5-4, and uh, the Avalanche have particularly looked good skating here in this third period. Even the likes of Josh Manson have really danced around their defenders, uh, and they just danced into the zone right there, took it in above the circles. The shot comes in, that bounces off of Ladar's right pad, I believe, and it is finished by Ranson and down low. So the
Flames, excuse me, the Avs working very hard, and Ranton and getting off that Gilbert check. Uh, and there was another spin move. I'm not sure if Bentner requested that specifically, but we've seen the Avs spinning away from their checks quite a bit in this period. And with just 6.20 to go, my friend, it is now a tie game at 5-5. I understand how hard it is to guard Kale McCarr off a one-on-one, but he drove the lane and bought himself some space as this shot gets canceled from Sharinkovich from Prozvatov. Is Calgary look for an immediate answer? Yeah, they almost had it, too. Prozvatov actually looked behind him right there. He uh, had to close the five-hole, and he got it closed just in time. Great snapshot from between the circles right there. That's big number 50 in Cerulean and Maroon. Looks behind him. Luckily for Avs fans, it was underneath his pads. And again, we talk about the momentum swings here for the Calgary Flames and now the Colorado Avalanche as they get two in this third period. Prozvatov, he was down a couple by the time he entered this on this side. Now he's in line to possibly get a win as Mika Rantanen gets his 13th. Colorado pressing. Here's a chance for Nathan McKinnon. He's already back out there. Trying to go ahead near the left side of Wall. So try to find this puck again. Connor Zary back out there as well. That first line trying to make something happen. At least keep it maintained as Nathan McKinnon stutter steps. It's an opportunity. Manson McKinnon fires. A good bounce here for Colorado. Now they're very dangerous. They could take the lead right now. Devin Tays. Nathan McKinnon slows up to the right side. Dot with a cross pass, but McKinnon. Rantanen couldn't get a stick on it. McKinnon in the high slot. It's blocked. Velnichuskin trying to relocate. 5.30 left to go in the third. All of a sudden, this game is tied at 5, and it's a nail-biter. This is gloved down by the Avalanche. Devin Tays in across the red. will flip it in. Colorado would be happy to get a point here, but they definitely want two the way that they played. They would definitely deserve it. Same thing for Colorado as well. It's for the tanking right now. 5.10 left to go in this third. Tied at 5. We're at Ball Arena. John Hunter with you with... Cooper Hopkins, 31 shots to 29 in favor of the Avs. They've just tied it with two third-period goals. Manson will watch this one go into the bench, and it's going to get a stoppage with 5.02 left. Yeah, we need to get time out, John, with just over five minutes to go. And You know, you brought up something that uh, I was about to address as well. We've been on the same wavelength tonight. You just made reference to the Avs being uh, potentially pleased with just getting a point out of this thing. Uh, and I think they would be after having been down, but you know what? They have played well enough to get to. I have to say on the other side, my friend, I think if the Flames were to only come away with a point in this game, that would feel like an outright loss to me. The way that they have driven and found the net up to this point, they have done enough as well, and I think that they feel, I would imagine, that they uh, have earned the two points here. But the Avs have had something to say about that. If the Flames were to come away with an OTL uh, or an outright L, my goodness, uh, that would be quite a disaster. And uh, it could really shape, with a tough stretch of games coming up, as you pointed out earlier, could really shape the way things go moving forward. Yeah, I think at least, Cooper, I know this is the obvious statement of the century, you got to avoid that outright L because you got Vegas tomorrow. Yeah, and it's not just Vegas, but it is Vegas uh, in a matter of hours, really, if yeah. we're being honest. Um, and that uh, is no small task to go back-to-back uh, in -back Colorado and then in Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, it would change the uh, trajectory of uh, the way this thing's going to go for the Flames if they can get the win tonight. That means they're going to have to come back. They have uh, already come back from having been down, and they were able to take a lead. Now this thing's tied again. We've seen a lot of swings, a lot of momentum, change uh, hands 
and the, that uh, graph is going to be all over the place. I'd love to see the win percentage graph. Probably <laughs> just spiking, uh, spiking, peaking up and down, left and right. Uh, but you know what? The Flames do have it. They have the uh, the talent. They can make a push right here. It's how will they be able to? Will the Avalanche allow them to? In their own building, we'll find out. Ozone draw coming up right now for Calgary. Yeah, I think the uh, win probability graph is seismic, kind of like a uh, earthquake at this point, the way that it's been moving. But this is a monumental time now. Colorado got two in this third. They've tied it at five, and now the next goal really could be the death sentence. Goes out to play for Dar. Oh my goodness! Makes the save and loses his helmet. How crazy can this game get? And the play is blown dead. And now, this is now a classic for us. We have, John, it's every, now it's every time we do a game, it's an instant <laughs> classic. I mean, these are things that we were going to remember and talk about for a long time. Ladar has to come out a puck dying with the, you know, the ice, the, not, as, uh, not as clean as it would have been at the beginning of a period. That puck's dying on the way to the crease. Ladar has to step out. Weaker was beaten right there. Ladar takes Weaker out. He gets back. Ladar makes a save. Then his mask falls off with the puck in the trapezoid. And Blitar now trying to repair his own goalie helmet. John, this is a wild, wild contest. And we are tied. We might have overtime. Maybe the fact that Vladar in the pocket just dislodged his mask and it's automatically blown dead. Maybe that's a break for the Flames right there, Cooper. Yeah, it could be. I mean, the Avalanche really are pushing right here. I think they smell blood in the water. Less than five minutes now, they were uh, the Flames and the Avalanche were tied recently in the shot clock, but is now 33-29 on shots. Uh, Avalanche starting to take this game a little bit. Flames in some danger. Now this game was absolutely bananas. This is a face-off win for the Flames. Again, they've done a good job in the defensive end to be able to take care of that. Elias Lono wins it. And now this will be sent back down. Now's the time right now if you want to avoid any sort of overtime situation. Oh, here's a breakaway! What a pass! And what a ridiculous goal! Nathan McKinnon! Who else, John? Who else? And my feed is actually a couple seconds ahead of you. I had to do what you've done for me many times and keep my mouth shut as uh, I watched this lead slip away from the Calgary Flames. What a beautiful pass right there. McKinnon gets that thing deflected right to him, and he is not going to miss from there all alone uncontested, snaps a shot over the right pad and below the blocker. That is Nathan McKinnon with that right-handed shot at his very, very best. Dan Bladar has looked good tonight, but beaten cleanly on that one. Goal number 11 makes it 6-5 Colorado. The Flames have just over four minutes if they want to get back in this thing, and they don't look like they have it right now. The Avalanche taking over. Three straight goals for the Avalanche, and they better show it on the Sportsnet side. who got the primary assist near the right boards. It was a long flip. That got blocked. An assist near the right board sprung Nathan McKinnon, and he was off to the races against Dan Vladar. Rasmus Anderson, he tries to go between his legs, and this is picked up now for the Avalanche. Man, oh man, has this third period been crazy. It's now a 6-5 lead, nonetheless, of what happens. This has been an entertaining game. This is an 11 out of 10 as far as entertainment. But one team's going to win this one and one team's going to lose it. It looks like both points as this is sent in. Nathan McKinnon gets his 12th from Nachuskin and Ranton. And so Nachuskin was the one that made the pass pinned against the boards as it's Wager. Now all of a sudden the Flames are up against it. Here's a long flip. 
sent back down the ice by Colorado. This bounces off of Hannafin, so this will not be iced. And the Ball Arena crowd has to be in a frenzy right now. I'm almost speechless here with 3.20 left to go in the third. Spin by Ziri near the right side dot. Flames got to pull out all the stops here, whatever they can. I, they have to get something out of this game, the way that they played. If they don't get any points at all, that would feel like an absolute gut punch, to be honest. As Rasmus Anderson sends this one in. Prozvitov is now in line for the win. 5-0-3 in the last eight home games against the Flames. As this is sent in now for Sovolov. He's got it. This goes near the right side dot for Rasmus Anderson. As Ryan Huska has changed the defensive zone lines. O'Connor gets held a little bit. Jonathan Huberdeau trying to find it in between his legs. But the Flames are running out of time. Coleman, can he do it again? He's just trying to find some space. Turn and shoot. Prosvitov makes the save. Wow, Prosvitov really has made a huge difference in this third period. There have been a couple of shots that could have gone right in. And Coleman, he drives the crease right there. Backlund actually picks up a loose puck, gets the shot off through traffic. I think it found its way to the big net miner for the Avs. And he finds it in the blue paint right around his left knee and is able to cover up with the big glove right there. That easily could have tied the game, but uh, back not able to uh, thread that shot through the legs. And uh, it was a bouncer. Good job by Prosvodov to find it. But there's the replay of McKinnon. You can see every single player on the Colorado bench, John, stepping up, getting up off their butts, standing ready to celebrate because they knew it was inevitable. And the Flames, they give up that sixth goal, the third unanswered. Boy, just a, more than a gut punch. That is just, uh, that's got to be feeling eviscerated for the Flames team and Ryan Huska, their bench boss. This looks like, as we said, John, I hope I didn't speak it into existence. Looks like it's going to be a straight up L. These Flames with only 220, about to 225 to go here in third. I mean, again, you and I completely understand the firepower that Colorado can provide. And there's something to be predicted of an answer, but man, oh man, this has been an uppercut. Almost a knockout blow, and now a long pass. I don't know if that's offsides or not, but 221 may get a stoppage. Yeah, I think knockout blow is, is potentially an apt phrase right there. Um, I, I, I do not want to be uh, extreme, and I, we'll talk about this when we wrap things up in our coverage tonight, if this uh, scoreline holds. But the Flames' Twitter is going to be um, up in arms, shall we say. There's lots to talk about. And that's how we started our broadcast, John, when I came alongside you. Uh, what trajectory will this team take as Rasmus Anderson fires on right there and the Flames are going to have to collect here in their own zone. 2.08 to go. I will let you pick the play-by-play -play back up. But, yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about as we close it out tonight. Yes, we will, because I think even no matter what happens, it's going to be hard to look in the hourglass and look at an L and say good things. But, man, Calgary did a lot of good things tonight, but just that counterattack from the avalanche and what they've shown you in that third, you had to know it's got to be a little bit of a Katie bar the door type of thing here because Colorado was going to be able to try to jam this thing right down your throat and they scored three goals. You have to expect the pushback as this is picked up now. By the Flames in the defensive end. The net is empty. Fladar is out, but this puck is not very confident right now. Prozvatov will slow it down. He's in line for the win. He hasn't given up anything. As this goes just wide, and they're going to say Rasmus beats out the hybrid icing, but that was close. That was very close. He stuck his stick out, I think, almost like he was an Olympic sprinter trying to get across the line first, and they'll give it to him uh, by a few inches. So good extra effort by number four. The uh, top pairing defenseman 
for the Flames, Rasmus Anderson. But the empty net here, 129 to go. Um, Crossbottom looks like he's fixing his right pad. He's actually taking his pad off. Not sure what's going on, but so this is actually potentially good for the Flames as they get to rest a little bit and maybe strategize here. I know it's easy to say in hindsight, the game's not over, but when it was getting a little bit closer there as the Avalanche were getting within one, would you have liked to see a timeout there from Ryan Huska? Yeah, potentially. Potentially. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure in the moment uh, if it was completely necessary, uh, but I think now as we look back, uh, hindsight, of course, 2020, as the saying goes, it, yeah, almost like in basketball, right, John? Sometimes you just have to stop the run of play. You've got to stop the flow, uh, you know, when you're putting up bricks and the other team is continually getting into the lane and just making it look easier, or raining threes down on you, you got to call a timeout. you just got to call a timeout and regroup. Uh, that certainly could have been a choice for Huska. He decided not to take it. Uh, but this is a de facto timeout here, as it looks like Prosvitov now set again. Flames take this offensive draw. So Prosvitov, a little bit of his own repairs on the side of the pads, kind of what he's thinking right now. He's 90 seconds away thereabouts of getting a win when he was down two entering this game. Bouncing off the window now. Prozvatov trying to keep lock and key here for the Avalanche and they can steal a win. As this is recollected, Huberto now has it. Cross pass right in the middle. Rasmus Anderson got to find it. This is in a high slot. Shot gets blocked. Down everywhere right now trying to locate it. Flames desperate to find it. Kadri settles it down. Series of touch passes. Is there's a twig there. This is near the right side dot. Kadri just keeps playing keep away. Shovel pass. Hannafin sets it up. Flames not shooting this thing. This will be shoveled down the ice just wide. And it'll be an icing. Hey, John, guess what? Flames got to shoot. Got to shoot there. A uh, couple of chances. I, listen, I know you're looking for a lane. I know you're looking for a pass. These are, these are the best of best. These are the professionals. I know you want that clean look. I know you want to find a teammate. For a deflection or a one t, you gotta let that puck go. Uh, and now 45.9 seconds, so maybe that's part of the equation as well. I certainly am not uh, the expert uh, when it comes to coaching hockey, but uh, you'd love to see that the Flames try to get the puck further down low, closer to the blue paint. And speaking of timeouts, we have one now with about 46 seconds to go, and uh, you know this is crucial strategizing for the visitors. They have less than a minute here, John, to just try to claw back into this thing after having been up and uh, letting three goals in a row in to their opponent, the Colorado Avalanche, who looked great in this third period. Man, I wonder what's going to happen here now because of the timeout. You do have Olofsson, you got Taze, and I think you have Johnson on the ice as well. So it's not Nathan McKinnon. It's not Miko Rantanen on that side. You maybe wonder if they're going to get a quick change or just try to survive this or wherever else as we're looking at the extravaganza of goals here for the Avalanche in this third period. It's going to be a tough one either way, regardless on that side. But this has been an absolutely entertaining game. You cannot argue that. Elias Linnell will win this one against Olofsson. Kadri, they got to go quick now. This one gets blocked. Who's going to get to it? This is going to kill more time, and this will go into the player's bench out of play. Yeah, yeah, John, to say again, look, I mean, I'm already feeling, uh, I'm feeling the, the optimism slowly drain away here, but uh, Kadri really tried to force a pass across right there, a beautiful face-off, clean face-off win by Lindholm, Kadri could have passed it back to the blue line, tries to force it to the center, 
gets deflected out, time wasted, and now a centerized face-off. Flames do win this thing and send it in on the dump and chase. Lenard now back to the bench, empty net yet again. So this is what we talked about. Now that's going to get Nathan McKinnon back out on the ice alongside Nachuskin. So they got their top line to try to close this up. This pinball is out in front of the net, but the Flames aren't there. And this is picked up now. Time is running out. This is pinballed near the left side wall. Flames desperate. Have an extra pass. Lenoff slap shot for Asmus Anderson. Big save. Kadri gets taken down. This is flipped all the way down the ice. This will be icing again. But the Flames have less than 10 seconds remaining. John, they had their chance, and boy, it is yet another, another blown stick right there. Rasmus Anderson did actually get the blade to the puck, put it on net. If he gets a full shot on that, I think it's a different story, but the Flames had a rebound attempt, couldn't put it away. They do get the ozone draw. 9.7 left in the third. It's last gas time for the Flames. Picked up now, cleared, down for Colorado. This is too far. Race for the puck. It's not going to matter. 6-5. Colorado comes back. And they upset the Flames. Yep, John, that's it right there. And the Flames make a hasty exit. They head to the room. And boy, who is jazzed up the most? Prosvitov and his teammates are celebrating with him. That is, uh, boy, you name it. We've said a lot of things. It's what is that for the Flames? It's a gut punch. It is, uh, it is evisceration. It is uh, deflation, and it is, uh, my friend, uh, potentially a season-changing. Dare I get dramatic and say franchise-changing loss? Uh, tomorrow they will face the biggest Golden Knights, but uh, tonight is all that matters right now. Uh, and I cannot wait to see what the fan base has to say about this this game that should have been uh, a win for Calgary when they were up 5-3 going in to start the third. My goodness. Cooper, we've done a lot of these broadcasts, and again, I will take the glass half full and say, I mean, that was a hell of a two periods there for the Calgary Flames to be able to take the lead. They showcase everything they could do. We talked about the top-end portions of the line, the promotions, Zeri gets points, Sharon Kovic gets points, Blake Coleman looks good, Nazem Kadri looked good in that game. But that third period, again, I, this, I can't escape this in my mind, not just because the Avalanche took it. They just allowed the Avalanche too much time and space, and the playmakers like Nathan McKinnon and Kel McCarr, when they were allowed the space or made the space their own, they just showcased how good they could be, and they stole two points today. They really did they really did. They, they, it's interesting because you know what? They, it's simultaneous. They both stole them and they earned them. Their play got them what they deserved. But you know what? The Flames, they had it in their grasp. And ultimately, the grasp was not tight enough. And uh, we see the result. The Avalanche have had some struggles recently. But the Flames have had even greater struggles. And those struggles continue. This is going to be a major, major tough pill to swallow. And uh, Huska's going to have some questions to answer as the head coach. Um, Vladar, who started the game so well, uh, again, left out to dry on what was ultimately the game winner. A clean breakaway, a clean shot, a clean goal for one of the best players in the world. McKinnon does what he does, and uh, he gets the victory and two points for his team. So there really isn't any other way I can say this, but we have to state the obvious. you got Dustin Wolf starting tomorrow. 
against the Vegas Golden Knights, likely off the back-to-back. -back. You don't even have time to think about this game, because in less than 24 hours you're going to be playing against the defending Stanley Cup champions. If the Calgary Flames some way, somehow, can get two points out of that game, I think that will reverse all the stuff you might see tonight. But man, oh man, it's just... I don't even know what to say. I went from thinking the first one to say, wow, that was a heck of a lot of shot blocks. What a gutsy effort. No Chris Tanev and this and that. But you had to know there was a press coming from the avalanche. I just would have liked to see a little bit better response there for the Flames in the final 20. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the avalanche ultimately gave us uh, a glimpse into what they were going to do late in the game. Yes. Early in the game. They showed us. They showed us late in that first period, uh, ultimately, what would be the story of this contest. And that was them taking control when they absolutely had to. They made clutch, clutch plays. I mean, that is some professional stuff right there. And the Flames played really wonderfully as well, but just did not maintain consistency. Uh, and we even said it. We said it in the second intermission. Uh, they would need at least one more, and boy, did that turn out to be true in terms of goal scoring. One more would have at least sent the game to overtime, but ultimately they needed two more, and we were already into double digits in goal scoring overall. So uh, if that's not enough to get the job done, and uh, to the Flames' credit, usually when you score five goals, I mean, most of the time you're going to win that game. It was not the case tonight. The Avalanche came to play, and they believed the whole way, and it showed they get the 6-5 win. So we'll see what happens as the weeks continue to go along closer to the Christmas break and all of that. Cooper, I appreciate you uh, joining me on this broadcast. Maybe we'll get a chance to get one more in before the Christmas side of it. I know my Saturdays will be done for the rest of December with the Waterford Sharks. But uh, we'll check in with the Flames again. We'll check in with these broadcasts. And if the Red Wings can stay afloat and uh, continue to get healthy, maybe we'll catch one of those games. Yeah, absolutely. I certainly owe you. You've always, since it's the holiday season, you've given me a gift over now multiple years of being so <laughs> willing to cover the Calgary Flames. And uh, it's it's a pleasure no matter who we're covering, but it's always great to be able to watch a team I grew up with. Uh, tough one to swallow tonight, but you know what? It was still a great contest. Yeah. And we have been very fortunate in getting really great games that are very memorable and exciting. And, and credit to you. Thanks for picking me up. Uh, the back's feeling a little bit better. It was a nice distraction to be able to, you know, watch 11 goals hit the back of the net in the <laughs> NHL game tonight and uh, hear your fantastic goal calls. So um, thanks for always bringing the, the skill and the passion, as you always do, and we will absolutely talk again. I think we'll get one more in before the calendar turns over to 2024. Sounds good, my friend. You take care, okay? Likewise, pal. I'll check in with you soon, and uh, thanks again. Have a great night. You too.